Welcome, everybody, to the Splitline Off-Road Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Rodney Cooper, and with me today, as always... Brandon White here, guys. What is going on? Episode 025. We're just rolling along. Man, we got a lot to talk about today, don't we? All kinds, man. All kinds. Racing season <coughs> is coming in hot and fast. Yep. We got a lot to talk about today and not a lot to talk about next week. <laughs> <laughs> Feast or famine, right? That's right. Yeah, we got a little bit of Supercross to talk about today. We got a whole lot of GNCC to talk about today. Some great action over the weekend at round one, Big Buck in South Carolina. And then towards the end of the podcast, we have a special guest coming on. And we're going to talk a little bit of ATV motocross. Ooh, man. Yeah. Old throwback right there. Yeah. Gets, gets brain in the feels every time we talk it a little does, ATV man. motocross. <laughs> I live die hard, die hard for ATV motocross. Yep. No matter where you are, it's like you see it, you got to go back to it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Got to get the uh, old Pyramid Valley feels back. Yeah. And yeah, we're going to be talking some pro ATV motocross, and we're going to be having uh, the host of the Digging Deep podcast, Cody Jansen, uh, is coming on to help us do that. So make sure you don't miss out on that end of the uh, podcast. It's going to be a little bit of a long one today, but I think you guys will be in for it. Yeah, you guys like us, right? Yeah, it'll be good. Go. So let's talk a little bit of... Um, <clears throat> Jump into the Supercross? Let's talk a little bit of fantasy oh, first. Yeah, you know, fantasy Supercross. I'll yeah, suck that. so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> we uh, so uh, some people had good weeks in fantasy, and some people had bad weeks. Just like at the uh, Supercross race, there was a lot of. Uh, we had a whole good 250 field for about 10 oh, seconds. Oh man, they suck again. And then it just imploded. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, over on the uh, Pulpamex fantasy side, uh, the race this weekend, the the uh, podium went to number one. Jeff Miller took the overall win. Uh, RJ255 took second place justin groff took uh third place so uh and groff's moving up there um <clears throat> in the uh podium points uh i'm still in the lead kyler murray the quarterback is in second <laughs> and uh jeff miller's in third that's kind of holding steady right there over the rocky mountain side uh justin groff took the win over there yeah moving up yeah i'm not sure if he took the win in the week or not but i'm assuming he did because he moved up from fourth to first yeah just like that um it, mx mom dropped to second um jacob whitehair uh third whip at 46 fourth and hughes seven something <laughs> is in fifth <laughs> bad handwriting yeah bad handwriting sorry <laughs> about that guys but uh yeah thanks guys for keeping up with us and playing uh these uh fantasy games it's been a fun year so far we've had some uh, some good weeks, some bad weeks. Yeah. Brandon and I don't look at where we're at in the Rocky no, Mountain because we're no. kind of uh, it's rough. sucking. It's uh, rough. Yeah, so uh, Paul Max Fantasy, you're moving up a little bit. I'm coming. I had a bad week. <laughs> I had a bad week. Two guys, two guys uh, didn't Man, you know, you, make it if in. You got, if you have guys that don't make it in the yeah. show, that just screws you right Alex there from Ray the beginning. screwed me. I mean, who would have predicted that? Hey, Ray. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you is. had J-Mart too. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I, didn't I went either. Jordan Smith, and he. I mean, that's. Yeah, he was doing good. Jordan then, Smith hits the ground a lot. Yeah, you know. I, I was hoping <laughs> it was a better. I was hoping it was a better year for him, but uh, it's not looking like it. Before we get into the 250 class talk, let's talk a little. Uh, making sure you guys follow us over on Instagram yeah. at um, Splitline underscore Off Road, and then follow us over on uh, Facebook at Splitline Off Road Podcast, and <clears throat> uh, keep up with us. We're going to be. You know, yeah, talking racing all year long. Oh, yeah. Season's starting to get warmed up. Brandon, 
It's not warm here in West Virginia, but I'm ready to go ride. It's getting there. Wednesday's like 54. That's yeah. warm enough for me. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> we need to find a place that doesn't have some uh, snow, snow on it. Ground. It's and, starting uh, to get better. I mean, I'm ready to go cut a track in. Yeah. Let's go cut a track me in. Too. Let's let's ride. Me too. Let's get going. Um. So, yeah, we're uh we're gonna go ahead and get into the uh, Supercross, and uh, we'll talk about that. And then we'll go into the GNCC. Might be having a special guest coming on there as well. But uh, 250 class, daggone it, dude. Yeah. 10 seconds. It took 10 seconds, and, <laughs> and the field just imploded. McAdoo ran over workers. <laughs> I mean, it just was an absolute crap show to, to from who, the beginning. What was he thinking? Like, uh, like well, I, I watched it a couple of times. Yeah. McAdoo released a statement today, and he was talking um, – he uh, was following Cooper through. Yeah, it, it wasn't really his fault. I saw where they put the tough block. They put the tough block on the inside of the track, and um, <clears throat> and it kind of forced everybody out there. It just seemed like it kind of like worst case scenario happened. So uh, you know, really giving the fault to him. But a um, yeah. uh, lot of action happened this week. Yeah. Uh, Cooper looks like he's primed and ready to win the championship with with yeah. uh, some key competitors out. Yeah, you know? I mean. J Mart, I don't know. I know his. They got his shoulder back in place, but I don't know the full detail of if he's gonna if he hurt anything else or do you hear anything else about that? I don't know if he got any. Or someone said something. He might have broke his wrist, but the the report that I saw was just his shoulder was out and they put it back in. Yes. So you think he'll be ready for this week? Well, he, oh, we're not racing. We got, we, got, we got a week. <clears throat> which he might is, be all right. Which is crazy. Those guys waited for like I don't know how long to race, and they come in and do one race, and then they get a week off. So yeah, kind of, kind of. It's good. It's good for the two fifty. And then you get another week hurt. off right after uh, Daytona, Daytona, right? So you only race once in two or three <laughs> weeks. So that's kind of crazy. So uh, it's crazy. Um, but uh, and then Alex Martin. Uh, I'm not sure. Her, I read the report and I can't remember. I think he just heard his. Uh, he had a back concussion. He's under concussion protocol. Yeah. And they're hoping that he'll be back uh, for the yeah. next round. So. so yeah, that's a lot of a uh, lot of stuff going on there. Yeah. A lot well. of stuff going on there. But uh, McAdoo looked good. Um, uh, I think if he got a start, um, yep. he might have been able to give Cooper a run. But Cooper got out front. And yeah. Put his laps in. Yeah. Uh, March Banks looked good for being on a non-factory team and eh, non-factory-ish. Yeah. Uh, but, <clears throat> yeah, just good racing in the 250 class. Uh, hopefully we don't get any more injuries and yeah, uh, right. those guys are able to battle it out. Uh, 450 class, that was kind of um, – That was a good race. It was a really good race. Uh, Roxon fought his way through the pack to finish fourth. Uh, Cooper looked dominating. Um, Roxon had some interesting – did you see his, his, uh, his uh, Facebook post? I did not. Yesterday? I didn't see it. was it. interesting. Um, <clears throat> talked about, you know, how he had a bad rut. I uh, didn't see it till after um, the they pulled the tough blocks and the mechanics went away for the 250 class and saw a big hump in his rut and kind of messed his start up. But then he, at the end, he kind of threw in, uh, I'm not worried about points. I'm not the one with a deficit, so I don't have to worry about points. It was kind of getting real defensive. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, it sounds like you're worried about points. He's worried. Yeah, he's, he should be worried. <laughs> you don't say that uh, unless you're worried. Yeah. And um, uh, for good reason because, uh, you know. Six points. Yeah, six points were lost, and Cooper's coming. Yeah, that's only he's only six points down. All six points down. Yeah, yeah. Was, there was like nine points lost, right? Yeah, something like that. Something so, like that, yeah. Yeah, it's going to get interesting. It's yeah. going to get real interesting because you know, you know they both want it bad. Yeah. And um, it's all going to be on who's willing to fight for it a little bit more. Uh, I will say, though, Roxon had a heck of a ride. He went from almost dead last to, to fourth in that class. You know, that's darn near impossible to do. So. Yeah, it's hard. He, um, Bam Bam kind of helped him out with Tomac 
Tomac couldn't get around him and yeah. and uh, held him up a little bit. And I think he got, you know, stuck in that rut like a like a rut as a rider and couldn't get it. And then there was a couple of mistakes and um, Roxon kind of you know capitalized off of that. But uh, man, AC, um, he comes out, gets the whole shot, looking good, and it always bites him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. He, it's like you just knew. Is this a like win? Yeah, I don't understand it. Does he have a curse or? Oh, dude, it's or what? It's rough. Like, what, what? What's going on? It's like, rough. I wish I could have him on. Just like this, I don't even have to have him on here. I just like to talk to him. Like, like what happens? Yeah, you know. Yeah, like, it's uh, it's rough for sure, for sure. I mean, it's just it's always something yeah. with him, and he's always hit the ground. And when he hits the ground, he hits it hard. hard. Yeah, you know, so. you know what's funny? He doesn't hit the ground when he's in like ninth or eighth. And the last couple of weeks, he really hasn't hit the ground. He's been good, but yeah. it seems like when he gets out front in the front park in the front pack, like first, th- second, third, it seems like he always has that mess up. I don't know if he puts too much pressure. I think he puts a lot of pressure on himself or what? But I mean, that whoop section claimed a lot of victims over the week uh, last weekend, but. Uh, I didn't, did you see the injury report on him? Broken collarbone. Oh, again. Yep. This plate they just need to put some titanium yeah. on top just of those collarbones. <laughs> make, make him the new Terminator. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, unfortunate, I tell you. And, and, you know, speaking of broken collarbone, I thought that J-Mart would have had a broken collarbone, but luckily he got out of that one just a uh, yeah. uh, so dislocated shoulder. shoulder. Yeah. So. yeah, hopefully he can round, uh, rebound back because I hate to see that for him because – you know, he looked good in his heat race and everything like that. But so yeah. hopefully that'll work out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's going to get interesting, guys. I'm telling you. Uh, Webb's coming. Yeah. Roxon. Roxon, he didn't He didn't lose any speed. He still looked fast this weekend. Yeah. He just got a bad start. Yep. Which that's what's been saving him. That's, I'm telling you. <clears throat> yeah. And I still think he's capable. 90% of the time, I think he's going to get a good start. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, I'm happy to see that I, that. He, he came through the pack. Yeah. Um, when he came through the pack, um, it was, you know, a good, a good, a good sign because last year I don't think he would have done that. He's not typically been that aggressive rider to be able to come through the pack um, late in the race. That's if what he, you said. That's what I was going to say. That's what saved him was it happened early in the race, and that's when he charges the most and he can make good race decisions and and have that sprint speed at the beginning. Yeah. But if it would have happened. If he would have went down and fell in the mid to end of the race and tried to come back like halfway through, I don't think he would have had that push. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Yeah. So, so good, uh, <clears throat> good racing, and it's going to get even better this year. I yeah. think. I, I can't think. wait. Daytona's coming. Oh, I can't wait for Daytona and then all the all three of the Atlantas. I, t- I tell you, what, before we end, on, and 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 you'll see where I'm going with this. What Bam Bam? If he doesn't have a couple uh, <clears throat> mess ups, he's right in it. He's been on the podium almost mm-hmm. every week. I mean, mm-hmm. he's, if, if not top five, you know yep. what I'm saying? And it must be that gas gas, uh, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, there's something about that bike. It uh, seems like almost anybody can win on it. <laughs> <laughs> almost anybody, huh? Almost anybody. Mm. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that here in a few yeah, minutes. See? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. All right, well, <clears throat> you got anything more? Uh, no, I We'll don't just kind of breeze um, right through the Supercross because we're getting to our bread and butter here Yeah. now. Um, don't – just remember there's no race coming this coming week. And um, uh, so don't panic if uh, you think you've missed your picks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't worry about fantasy this week, yeah. guys. Don't worry about fantasy. We're, so. off, we're off for a Supercross. We're off for a week for Supercross. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you ready to go to GNCC? I think we're ready for that 10-second call. All right. Are you ready to go GNCC Racing?
10 seconds. And row number one, the XC1 Pro will be off and rolling at our VP's Big Buck GNCC. Oh, dude, just gives you the feels, doesn't <laughs> it? It does, man. Yeah, we're off and rolling, guys. I got goosebumps. I, I got the yeah, hair standing on the back of my arms <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Oh, shoot. Let's talk GNCC. GNCC. Wound one. I mean, it's back. It is. It's back, and, and it's ready to go. And we had some great racing And this it was week. crazy. Quads and bikes both. It was crazy racing. Yeah, it really was. I mean, it was it was a wild weekend of racing. Um, Bryce and Neil came out with the win uh, for the for the ATVs. Walker Fowler uh, came out in second, and Hunter Hart came out in third, oh, yeah. uh, rounding off the podium. But it wasn't uh, like that no. uh, coming into the first turn, was it? It was. Uh, there were some people yeah. laying on the ground. Um, your first two, your first first and second spot was both on the ground. Yeah. So we uh, we didn't get to see the the video of that. Um, um, Racer TV was having a little bit of issues with the um, service down there, <clears throat> so we kind of missed the first uh, uh, first couple minutes. But um, from what I heard, it was a wild start. Bryce and Neil Walker Fowler both went down in mm -hmm. the second turn, I believe, and um, <clears throat> and they had to fight their way through the pack. They went into the woods last and second to last. But before I get to that, I just want to give a shout-out to Racer TV uh, Productions. Mm -hmm. They do an amazing job. Um, yeah. They got a little bit of flack this weekend from people that don't know what they're talking about <laughs> at all. Um, but, I mean, when you and I both know, when you go to a racetrack – there's no service. There's never any service. Nah. If you have service, you're not at a GNCC racetrack. Nah, nah. So how they are even able to do what they do already is is phenomenal. And, and uh, our, you know, we wouldn't be able to do this show without them. Yeah, yeah that's for sure. And you know, you just got to you know, it's first race of the year. You know, the, the the bike the bike day was a lot better than yeah. than the quad. So they got it fixed. They got some stuff worked out. So uh, hats off to those guys. Absolutely. Drone footage was great again. Yeah, I love that drone footage, yeah. man. Especially since the foliage is not on the trees right now, and you can really look down it and see what's going on. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty it's freaking pretty awesome. So. Yeah. So, uh, wild racing. Bryce and Neil Walker Fowler both had to come through the pack. I saw some, you know, uh, some um, cell cam or <laughs> cell cam, um, <laughs> cell videos yeah. of uh, of them, you know, through the woods in the first lap, and they were way behind when it first uh, happened. But um, somehow. Uh, going into lap one, <clears throat> Neil was able to get into third position. Yeah, and I, well, nobody really knew how how that happened until he until his uh, interview, at the, his interview at the end of the race. Yeah, so so what he was saying is like I'm guessing half of the front field uh, kind of took the wrong trail. Mm -hmm. um, don't know how that happens. Uh, someone ever got the tape it off, or someone ran through, or probably somebody running through it. And you know how, <clears throat> you know. I, so you know you've been in these races before. If if a section has to get cut out, uh, some, they'll tape it off and go. You know maybe somebody just blitzed through it because they biked the track the day before. Yeah. So <clears throat> Jared McClure, Hunter Hart, um, John Glotta Jr., Cole Richardson, uh, those guys, I guess, evidently went the wrong, wrong way, way and we're coming back <clears throat> and neil was uh, luckily able to sneak in uh to that top three and uh and really he had to work for it from there had to work for it from there that wasn't i mean hunter hart rode an amazing yes. race as well uh jared mcclure ended up dropping off a little bit a little bit throughout the day um cole richardson was back there a little bit in, in the earlier yeah, in the day but yeah cole richardson and jared mcclure both uh finished uh sixth and seventh that's not where those guys are typically um poised to finish but um <clears throat> 
like I said, this class is deep this year. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of guys that can be up there. Um, and it didn't seem like <clears throat> there was – like, you know, usually you had your groups that were talked about over the offseason. You know, you had your first and second guy that was out there running, and then third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh, I'm pretty sure, was – all within about 10 seconds of each other, yeah. 10 to 15 seconds towards the end of the race. So it tightened up a good bit. Yeah, it did tighten up a good bit. Um, whenever uh, <clears throat> Neil was able to get up there and get up front, I tell you what, it was really impressive to see Hunter Hart latch on to him. And those two kind of broke away mm -hmm. uh, a little bit from the rest of the pack. And then <clears throat> you, saw, um, you saw Walker kind of slowly work his well. way up, um, I don't think he was in that third place position going in. I'm sorry, I don't think he was in third going into the last lap. So um, he was able to uh, get Borsch and Hart um, there on the last lap and I think work his he, way to second. I think it happened right at the end of the third, third okay. lap. Yeah, so I think he was because they were talking about uh, maybe Fowler putting in a, a try to put in a Probably put in a heater heat and, and, and get, try to get and, run him down and, a little bit. But yeah. uh, but I tell you what, man, this is going to be an interesting championship. Yeah. I tell you what, hats off to uh, Bryson Neal because I'm pretty sure he said he didn't have any goggles pretty much the whole race. Yes, he, he did say him. that. And then I was watching him rinse his eyes out. Oh. I'm like, how do you not stop for goggles, dude? Like, you got two hours. Heart, heart of a champion, <laughs> man. <laughs> just just gritting it through to the to the bitter end. Um, but I tell you, like he looked like he was on rails all yeah. day long, and uh, he didn't didn't let up a bit. Yeah. Uh, evidently, he for goggles yeah. <laughs> to get uh, to 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 give Walker an inch of uh, um, uh, inch of motivation that's to get up takes, there. That's all it takes. You know, he, and I think he knew that. I think if he knew that if Walker could come into the pits and see him pitting or something, and get in that uh, bird's eye view, that uh, <clears throat> might give him some confidence. And he didn't want to do that. I don't think. Right. You want me to throw a stat out for you? Yeah. So. This is the first year in five years that Walker's not won the opening round. Wow. That's so this crazy. is – and I'm going to guess – is this also the first time in five years that somebody is going to have to change um, graphics? graphics. Um, I'm, I think I heard that stat, and I'm, it's pretty close to it. Yeah. Poor yeah. Bryson Neal has to change his graphics. <laughs> like, hey, guys, I need I think, uh, that's a, I think that's a chore that he doesn't mind doing, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, because he has to run his number backwards, right? Is that what it is? Uh, thank you. Because so the class runs red backgrounds and white numbers. I think I'm not sure, but I think it's uh, red number, number white right backgrounds. Background. Okay, that sounds uh, right for the leader points yeah. leader. That sounds right. Yeah. So yeah, uh, that's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be uh, a fire lit under Walker. I tell you what, I think that these two. And there's other guys, uh, Cole Richardson can definitely get up there as well, are uh, going to make it really interesting this yeah. year. i tell you what, I was really impressed with John Guada Jr. Yes, um, yes. He was running top five, I think, there for a good bit, wasn't he? He finished fifth. That's right, he was yeah. actually running in the top four there for That's a while, and uh, Borsch ended up uh, sneaking in and getting that fourth-place position. Borsch, Borsch uh, back on the Suzuki, um, looking looking good and uh, looking consistent. Um, more time he has on that bike, yeah, <laughs> he's going to be a little dangerous. But yeah, you're exactly right. But uh, John Glad Jr. Yeah, I mean he, uh, I mean that's Come that's in. a jump from last year because yeah. he was kind of towards the tail end of that top ten, uh, seventh, eighth, ninth place last year a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean this is a sophomore year coming in, so um, it's great to see a rookie come out and swinging and uh, yeah. And uh, up there, yep. and then the same thing with Hunter Hart. Uh, yeah, you very can, yeah. impressed. That's with another Hunter person you can't count out, count can't count out for this championship battle because he's he's got the speed, uh, just like kind of like Bryson Neal last year has the speed and just needs to put a few things together mm -hmm. um, 
to really, really make a championship run. So uh, I'm excited, man. This is a, a really uh, competitive class, and I think, you know, uh, Walker's up for the challenge, and uh, we'll see if these guys are, are going to be able to put in that consistent weekend and week it, or weekend and week out ride that it takes to uh, to beat the defending champion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, it's like the, they were talking, uh, Mikey <laughs> Waynes and Ronnie Tomlin and were talking on the – all these guys make mistakes. You don't see them because the track's so big and there's places that the cameras aren't. Walker Fowler, you know, he makes mistakes. Bryson Neal in the last lap um, ran into a lap rider and actually tipped over, Tipped right? over. Yeah. As far as I know, I think they said he tipped over. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. it'd be nice to hear from him. Uh, but uh, what what happened? But he made a mistake. It was off the bike on the last lap. So yeah. um, I think that's the biggest thing that these the young guys like Austin Abney, Hunter Hart, uh, John Glotta Jr., yeah. Um, is going to have to minimize and um, learn how to work, work around them. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll be hearing from Bryson uh, uh, here in the near future, um, and he'll be able to run through these 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 some of these issues he had during the race, and and you know what led him to. I'm excited to hear uh, at some point like what exactly happened when the guys took the wrong. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Where did they decide to turn? How I wonder how far they got up a wrong trail before they decided. <laughs> yeah that this was wrong and who maybe somebody was standing up there like, Whoa, you guys aren't supposed to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget my first ever kind of woods race. Uh, we went up to around biker quad quad. Okay. We went up to freaking, uh, where Brewston mills, Brewston mills in like mid February, <laughs> Man, snow never, on the ground. I remember this. Race. I'm up there on a like MX quad with MX quad tires. Yeah, That was hilarious. Freaking miserable, man. Cold. Brandon and I were in the same class and I lapped him twice because he kept getting high. <laughs> I kept centered. getting high centered. I was like, <laughs> I just wanted to ride. You know, I was young, dumb, and I was like, this is the only thing I have to ride. I'm not taking my MX quad. I had a spare <laughs> Honda that I had in the garage, and it had like nine-inch uh, MX razors or something on it. Oh, man, every time and, I drove, every time I rode by you, you were cussing. Oh, my gosh. I was so frustrated. <laughs> I was trying. Uh, uh, but anyways, the reason I remember this one all the time, because I always remember it. Like everybody told me, if you see a guy in the woods with a beer in his hand and he's telling you to go that way, don't go that way. And I don't know if you remember this, but they someone had cut one through the tape when we came through, mm -hmm. and a, there was a guy at the top had a beer in his hand. Mm -hmm. He was like, "No, go this way." But everybody was going to the right, and I was like, "I'm not listening to that guy. I'm going to the right." And then I get down in this gully, and they're like, "Gonna turn around, guy, man." I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Like, should've I should have listened to, should've to, listened that to that guy. the guy with the beer. Man, he's <laughs> just trying to help. Just trying to help." <laughs> but uh, yeah, that stuff happens to me all the time. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, I mean that stuff happens. I've heard stories about these guys helping each other, trying to find their way back to the track, back. and you know. It happens. It when happens. you got a 10, 12 mile track, I mean, these guys, you know, GNCC Productions does an amazing job getting these tracks laid out, but all it takes is for one guy to go through one of those tapes. Yes. And it looks like the trail goes Keeps to going. the right yes. when it goes to the left or something like that. Yep. But, but yeah, man, I'll tell you what, um, uh, I think there's going to be really good racing this year um, up front and um, a good racing through the top 10 in general. Um, uh, I saw Josh Merritt's post. He was talking about <clears throat> he finished eighth place, but he wasn't happy about it no, at all. No. He says, I got a lot more in the tank. Um, that shows me that he's hungry and ready to go uh, prove himself more. I think he thinks that he should be up there battling around with John Galata Jr. Because yeah. he battled a lot with him last year. So, yeah. you know, he doesn't want to see him take that next step up without him. 
Yes, for sure. I mean, I, mean, I think Josh Merritt, I think top five guy. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. He's there and he's capable of it. So we're excited to see, you know, uh, what a hungry Josh Merritt is capable of doing uh, come round two in Florida. Uh, Jared McClure finishing seventh. Um, something had to have happened there. <clears throat> I don't know if he Might had a, a bike break, issue, maybe. Bike issue or, on the last lap or, or something. Over or, um, and then Cole Richardson, he kind of seemed to be a little bit out of the top five all day long. And that's definitely not a typical place you see him no. so i'm not sure what happened there as well uh but i guarantee you he's not happy he's gonna be hungry to uh get back up on the podium next round yeah and then you know we're, we haven't talked about the gator at all but uh he was having a decent run yep until he had a break so i listened to his uh post-race report and he was talking about that same thing that uh, bryson talked about <clears throat> and you know how bryson kind of was able to take advantage of it well Poor McGill, he was on the other spectrum where he uh, sounds like he kind of reaped the worst end of it, where he um, went the wrong path, and he was the last one to get up there and the last one to get back. Right. So he had worked his way up into the top five and then went right back down to uh, towards, the bottom. towards the top, towards the end of the top ten um, and uh, ran into some problems. You know, he had a really interesting um, – <laughs> post-race report uh it's one you don't typically hear from him he was talking a lot about uh uh, uh i think he said guys are losing their minds <laughs> and um um said there was a lot of uh a lot of just like beating and banging uh into the woods and splashing through the mud holes and uh um he said it, um, it just seemed like everybody was uh uh just it seemed like everybody was really antsy to get going for the first of the season. Now, I wonder if that's going to be a trend that continues throughout the year or if, or if these guys are going to settle into the race zone and really start uh, – um, I don't want to say – I mean, you know these guys respect each other, but um, make the racing, you know, good and clean and, yeah. and, and you know – or, or is it going to be a beating and banging type of year? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, you got a lot of young guys. Uh, you know, you got at least three. I'll, I'll call them rookies, but you know, Hunter Hart and uh, John Glover Jr. Jr. and Austin Abney. Those, those are like all young bucks. Yeah, you know? they're young bucks, and they're ready to prove themselves, yeah. and they're ready to do it now. And, yeah. and that's going to be at the expense of people like McGill yeah, and uh, Borsch. You, you know how we were when we were younger. <laughs> Didn't give a shit. Nope. Yeah, just <laughs> went for it. Hold, held it wide open, and. Uh, uh, pray you know, for the best. We weren't working with the <laughs> amount of uh, talent that these guys no, are, though. No, but I mean, it's just the way it is. You get all and everybody's anced up first lap, and and everybody thinks you know knows that they're they got the, the what it takes to win, and uh, they're going to try to push through. Yeah, so it's just this is kind of the way it is, I think. But yeah, uh, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, Josh Merritt finishing eighth, ninth. Uh, Wesley Wolf. Uh, you know, <clears throat> did he grab the whole shot? I think he did grab the whole shot. I, I saw a picture of him up front. Yeah. Is that I'm, what we I'm saw pretty, pouring out sure. Willie? Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure it's him. So that's an interesting rider there because I tell you what, he is also um, a uh, pro ATV MX rider. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, you talk about – and he finished seventh in the points in the ATV MX last year. So yeah. you talk about like full circle, man. He is um, – he's a he's – a, Yeah, all-around guy. All-around yeah. good Iron rider. Man. Iron man, that's for sure. So, uh, you know, if, if he's racing the MX series this year, he's will be going every single week to different places. I think they heard. I think I heard that um, he had a little a knee, re, uh, some knee surgery going on. And knee replacement? Is that no, 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 I'm getting ready to say <laughs> knee replacement, but he ain't that old yet. No, uh, I think he had like a torn ACL or something. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think they said that he's going to be 
um, just strictly GNCC for a little bit. Okay. And then if he progresses and it and seems to be okay, then he might go do some ATV motocross this year. Okay, I got gotcha. you. And um, and then and then rounding out the top ten was Austin Albany. Yeah. Now, uh, I want to talk a little bit about him because I think that he's capable of more. Um, but I watched a video of him and um, uh, he was talking about how. Um, it was on the ATV Prodigy uh, Instagram okay. page. Yeah. That guy does a pretty cool job over there talking to uh, some of these guys. And uh, he talked about having hardly any time on the bike this year. So this off season, I mean. So um, he talked about like the only time that he's had on a full wheeler was plow in the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's going to be interesting to see if he's going to be able to race himself into racing shape and um, uh get up here and contend with the top guys in the pro class because you know he's got the speed i mean he showed it last year in the in the xc2 line and um you know i, I think that he's definitely capable of more and getting up there towards that top five and battling but uh, i think it's going to take maybe a few rounds to get in that race shape again and uh really kind of get his uh uh bearing straight in the in the pro class yeah yeah I, I'm, I'm like i said he's got the speed um to run top five and uh i think he just gotta like we talked before just minimize mistakes and and uh pick and good choose lines and learn how to get through the lappers a little bit better and stuff like that and, and i think he'll be top five top six guy yeah i agree so uh we're not going to preview florida just not yet, yet. No. Uh, we got a week. we're going to do that next week so you guys will be able to listen to that um and uh we're uh we're, i think we're gonna go ahead and talk about bikes now yeah you got anything else to say about the ATVs? Not, uh, not I don't want to preview anything for next no, week no. or predictions yeah. or anything like that because yeah. we got we got a we, we got a lot to cover. Yeah, yeah, we got a um, lot to cover. The only thing I'll say is uh, hats off to the GNCC uh, track guys. Um, man, I thought it was going to be a strict mutter. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I was kind of down there because that track looked pretty pretty good. I tell you what, a lot of the guys. Um, uh, a lot of the guys were talking about how great the track was by the time the by the time the big quads and then the uh the bikes were rolling he said it was like primo so it looked primo so from what i've heard um and as Stu baylor was saying this a lot talked about how a lot of the track was maybe 20 yards to the left or the right of old existing trail but what they did was is they tried to avoid the low laying areas to uh avoid deep mud holes and avoid um what they thought would be problem areas and um <laughs> Sounds like uh, if you decided not to go to the race just solely because uh, you didn't want to get in the uh, deep in the mud, then it sounds like you missed out. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like because we kept talking, we kept like they're going to get five inches of rain this week, and yeah. in the pits, you know, they had some water in the pits. But and- let's just ser- serve this as a marker. It <laughs> never fails. Round one, people always talk online on, about how it's going to cancel. It's underwater. We're going to have to bring snorkels, and then it. Typically turns out pretty good. See, this is where it usually bites me because I'm like a, I don't want to say a fair weather rider, but if I think it's going to be a really, you're m- a fair weather rider. <laughs> if it's going to be a mud hole, prove us wrong by <laughs> by racing snowshoe this year. <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, uh, you know, because me, I would have been like, yeah, it's five inches of rain this week. Screw that. There's no way I'm going to uh, go run that. And then, yeah, RJ didn't go because because no, yeah. he thought that it was going. to... And then I see video of it. I'm like. Did you- Dag on, Did you good. see the amount of riders in the bike PM race? Yeah, seven hundred. 
Woo! 700. No, no, no. Was that the morning? That was the AM. 700 riders in the AM. You mean? Oh, uh, I just saw. The, I'm just talking about the drone footage oh. of uh, of the of the bike. There PM was race. 700 AM riders because the the uh, pro bikes were behind about 40 minutes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. That, so that, that's a lot of riders. Oh yeah, but. Uh, Hats off to the GNCC crew for pulling it off once again. Yeah. Y'all just trust the professionals because they know what they're doing, don't they? <laughs> yes, they do. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so let's go over the bike side. Uh, man. Dude. What a I a wish, I wish that racer you – know, Mikey Wayne is like, kill me for saying this, but I wish they had cameras like every <laughs> hundred yards <laughs> because done. I guarantee you that was one of the coolest races to be a part of because, um, you know, I got the laps right here in front of me and from lap one to, to lap, to the, to the finish, like these guys were back and forth, um, uh, essentially the top seven were back and forth, um, all day long, all yeah. day long. They were back and forth and it was really good racing. I'm yeah. excited for this year, man. There's going to be some good racing all year long. Yeah. I mean the top, yeah, like, shoot, the top ten was, like, crazy, you know. But that top five, that top six, uh, you didn't know who was going to be where. And no, no. You come around a, a camera shot, and you're like, oh, Ben Kelly's in the lead. And then the next mile, it's like, uh, you know. Lane uh, Michael's Michael, in the Michael, lead. Lane Michael, you know. Uh, uh, Grant Baylor, after lap one, was in seventh place. place. Yeah. I don't think at that point in time you would have picked him to win. No. <clears throat> nope. But before we dive into it, <laughs> let's go back two days to Friday night. Yeah. Brandon sends me um, a <laughs> clip of Stu telling us he wasn't going to race because of that uh, the wound, that gaping hole yeah. in his back. <laughs> gaping hole, ah, dude, it's a, that's gut wrenching to hear. Yeah. Uh, but you know, once he, he you heard him talk about it, no, he didn't seem too worried. Um, and once you heard him put it in perspective, talking about how that he is, um, he doesn't want to miss two back-to-back rounds with Florida um, uh, Florida and Georgia coming up. So he, 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 he kind of – now, I would say it was his team. Yeah. I, I would say if it was him, I'm sure it like was. he said, he would let me put duct tape on it and I'll go. Yeah. Um, I think Team Yamaha was like, They, hey, they made a good decision because, like, you know, he said that, that you know, uh, Caleb Russell has, has missed – rounds every year towards mm-hmm. the end of the year yeah. he but he's always early. always got it wrapped up so that means that you can miss a race mm-hmm. um because a lot let's let's just admit it a lot of variables happen um to these guys throughout the year you get a breakdown um you get a a, a crash in the woods that holds you back and and it doesn't take much you know so i don't i don't think that Stu is out of the championship hunt he's got work to do that's yeah. for sure but uh i don't think he's in a bad position yet no no, not yet um especially if he comes out um uh the next two rounds and does what he does does what he did at the end of last season yeah if he does that then uh i I would say everybody's like ah you know that round no big deal no big deal no big deal so uh but yeah let's get back into the uh, breaking down the race um lap one kelly uh, ben Kelly and Lane Michael uh, were putting on a clink. Yeah, they, they were broke, pulling away. Yep, they were broke away uh, for a little bit, and I thought, shoot, these guys are gonna, you know, sail, set sail. Yeah. And I, I really thought Ben Kelly was gonna end up taking the take, taking the win. But um, um, after lap two, they ended up kind of 
dropping back. I don't know if they got together or something, but it was interesting how they both ended up dropping back because lap three, um, Ben Kelly and Lane Michael were both uh, in sixth and seventh. So I don't know if they came together. I don't know if they maybe both had a situation like uh, at the ATVs where they took took a wrong wrong line. line. Um, You know, very possible. You know, judging from some video that we saw throughout the track. While a lot of the track was primo, you did you were capable of finding the wrong mud hole and the wrong line uh, pretty easily and uh, getting hung up. So maybe that was something that they had to battle through. But um, I tell you what, um, um, it was it was such a good race because uh, you know talk about Thad Duvall um, and. He he had a, he didn't have a very good start. He no, was in the back. No, I think. yeah, yeah, he was towards the back, and at the end of the lap, lap one, he was in fifth. Yeah, um, yeah. It's so hard to kind of break down this race because these guys were back and forth so much. Like Kelly, he went from first to sixth Seth. to seventh back to, to fourth, yeah. back down, um, and then ended up finishing in fifth. Um, so it was it was it was a wild if, race. If I'm not mistaken, he was closing in on the third place. On going into the last lap, because he was he actually was he was actually in third yes, lap five. Okay. He yeah. was thirty seconds faster on lap yes. four, and they were talking about how he could potentially Catch if he kept that leaders. pace could potentially pass Duvall and run and run Grant down. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, a lot of these guys they had ups and downs throughout this race. It, maybe it you know you saw a lot of saw a lot of roots yeah, in this round. That's what I was going to talk about. You know. It, as you are a quad rider there, uh, you don't know the challenges of your front tire going over some, you know, some fresh, nice, slick roots. I don't appreciate that. <laughs> You're just assuming I don't know. You don't know. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, you don't know. Uh, those things are – some of the scammer footages, you could see those deep ruts and in those deep ruts. That monster mile section that they had a camera at a lot, uh, the, they kept cutting back there when there was a bottleneck. It looked like there was a bottleneck there yeah. every lap. Roots get so slick, dude. Oh, I'm sure. They're so slick. You and then you just, peel the bark off of them and yeah, they get even slicker. slicker. Yes, and I'm telling you, when you hit those things, it's like you just don't know what's going to happen. And uh, that was going to be my big point uh, of the race, that and lappers. Uh, you know, I was watching them. They come through in a lapper, and I think it was uh, – I think it was Thad he came up in the lapper in his real tight section, and you should like he switched lines like it wasn't even a, it wasn't even a, like I would have been like uh, where do I go where do I go and he was just like one second split second decision, boom different line and he was gone. It's just instinct and reaction that these guys are riding on, and a lot of times like you know Stu Baylor was actually touching on the instinct and reaction that these guys have, and and he talked about how you know you got you have to trust that instinct to be able to to make those decisions and make those moves and you are going to make bad instinct decisions and bad bad moves like that doing that but that's what you have to do to win so um you know, I, I would say that there was a, a lot of mistakes by every one of these guys. It looked like it proved to be a pretty technical track. and um, But I would also say that, that a lot of these guys would say, man, that was a heck of a good race. Yeah. Um, um, Grant Baylor looked great. Oh, he looked so good, man. especially in the field sections. Oh, Did you man. see how fast he was flying he was through going into the finish through. line? I, like, I thought it was the, the, the camera that was kind of like making him look faster or something, but I think he was just going that fast because – Dude, Cam- he- the camera never <laughs> makes you look faster, ever. I mean, well, you know, sometimes there's like that delay that it like makes you speed up. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah what I got saying? you. <laughs> but, dude, he was coming through there, like especially right before the finish line and jumping over that one rut and railing, you know, just staying on the gas, standing up. And, 
and uh, he just looks so good. And uh, I tell you what, if he looks like that all year, it, it's going to be great for him. Absolutely, man. I tell you what, I think you you know, if you're Grant Baylor, you come out of this out of this finish with a ton of momentum. But you know, you look at this top top five or six, and you know, I, I mentioned this earlier before we were on air that that I am pretty sure at some point in time. There were seven different guys that led this race. Um, you know, you know, Kelly led it. Uh, Lane Michael led it. Strang led it going into the woods. Um, at one point, Ashburn was in the lead, yeah. and uh, he ended up finishing. Um, where did he end up finishing? Ashburn. He ended up finishing fourth. fourth yeah. But uh, Duvall led it. Um, uh, and I'm pretty sure I'm not. At some point, I think maybe Ricky Russ, Russell even. He led was it? close. I, I don't know if he led it or okay, not. Okay, but he was up there. So, uh, up so there. these guys, a lot of these guys, are going to be able to take something out of this race as a positive and momentum to go into next into next uh, next race. Um, Ricky Russell, you know, at uh, lap three, he was up in a podium position. Yeah. And uh, uh, the last time that <clears throat> we were able to see Ricky Russell race was last year, early in the year, mm-hmm. when he was giving. Uh, he was giving um, uh, the number one machine of uh, Caleb Russell. Caleb, sorry, I'm just brain farted <laughs> too, too here. Too many Russells. I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about Ricky Russell, and I'm thinking Ricky, and I'm like, wait a second, Ricky Bobby. Yeah, but uh, they're not brothers, not related even. But uh, he was giving him a run for his money, yeah. and then unfortunately had that really bad, serious injury. Uh, so we're just happy to see him back, and yeah. and doing really good once he gets his settled in gets back in that race flow um he's got the speed yeah ricky russell's definitely got the speed um do you think this year could be a potential all-time i'm not gonna say all-time high but like uh potentially a lot of race winners this year because i I I look at this top i look at this top you know five to seven guys and I could see a scenario where every one of them win a race this year. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, as, as long as no one, you know, gets on that track to where they're, uh, you know, start clicking them off, um, like Stu did at the end of the year last year. Yeah. If if no one lets that one person keep, you know, doing that, it, you're going to have multiple winners, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. No and doubt. hopefully, you know, uh, we hope and pray that everybody stays injury free this year, and we're and you know for them, and then for you know the gncc community be able to see a really stellar uh racing series this year because i like i said you know uh, a lot of these guys could could come out with a podium or a win and and you would not be surprised at all um but yeah uh do you have what do you have uh just um lane michael ray great i think he ran some clutch problems mm-hmm. um okay, i didn't hear that yeah uh he had something going on with his handlebar uh, he came through, and um, I'm not sure. They made an adjustment on there, so I'm guessing that was the clutch that they were adjusting. Okay. Um, but uh, Jordan Ashburn, he's the one that kind of really impressed me a little bit. Yeah, because, you know, uh, they were talking about this on the Racer TV broadcast a lot, that, that Jordan Ashburn was somebody that got overlooked in the preseason this year. I mean, he took third place last he year. He took third place last year. He didn't do – he wasn't very flashy about yeah. it. He but just, he was a solid rock in that top five all year last year and uh, ended the year with his first podium, um, or his only podium of the season. But uh, uh, that's somebody that really impressed me as well, uh, you know, because he, he was in, you know, in the top five and fourth going into lap one and then 
lap he'd led lap three so that means he worked his way up oh. into the lead and um that shows the speeds there uh and you, we know he has the consistency um so that's another young rider i'm excited to see what he's able to do uh yeah. in this this coming season and uh i tell you what it was kind of cool to, to watch Stu baylor on the uh with his brother running through the uh, S turn section with him, that and, was awesome. And then, uh, did you see Stu's um, Instagram? Because there was all kinds of camera angles about it. And then Stu was live on, <laughs> on Instagram <laughs> while he was doing it. And I was like, when you saw that, because I didn't know who it was at first. I was like, who's running? I was like, oh, I guarantee it's Stu. Because <laughs> that's just something that Stu would oh, do. <laughs> man, I, it was so funny because like the the footage of him uh, was on Grant and you see Stu Becker smiling. I think I'm pretty sure he cracked up in a beer, started chugging the beer in the background. His brother hasn't even got his helmet off yet. You know, he's like, <laughs> he's over Becker celebrating. Well, I was telling Brandon before we started the show when I saw Stu running through the finish line, I was like, geez, don't pull your stitches. Yeah, don't, don't fall on your side, dude. <laughs> yeah, so that's oh, awesome. Shit. It's really cool to see that he is. Uh, uh, that excited for his for brother, brother. Yeah. and um, I tell you what, man, uh, that might be a hard house household to live in <laughs> yeah. if they start battling for GNCC wins yeah. this year. Well, it was funny because he kept <laughs> saying that uh, you know his big uh, his little brother had to start stepping up because he actually got a mortgage payment now. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I know I know they don't live together yeah. now, but but uh, if you but go still, home for Easter a... dinner, you know, what I'm saying Easter dinner, oh yeah, Easter dinner there. Imagine going into the break like yeah. tied up or something, and yeah. like oh, I'm faster. And then they also run that National Enduro series. Which, and they finished first and second there yeah, too, didn't yeah. they? So, Ooh, so it's going to be interesting for them. It sure is. You got you got a lot of uh, talent in that family for sure. Yeah, but uh, Grant Baylor, uh, hats off to him. Like I said before, we end up on this, and uh, you know, I want to say something real quick. Go ahead. So, <laughs> I don't know how this is going to be perceived, but just uh, <laughs> an interesting fact: uh, two two Grant or two Baylor brothers. Uh-huh. Uh, Stu leaves Sherco, mm-hmm. and then the very first race wins as soon as he left Sherco. <laughs> Grant leaves Sherco, wins the very first GNCC <laughs> race back. Um, if you're Sherco, are you pulling your hair out of your head? Yeah, I mean, uh, something's going on. Which, you know, you know, Grant even said in his podium that, uh, you know, he was on a new team, new team coming over, and they didn't know where to go with that bike, that Sherco bike. It yeah. was new. Um, they didn't know where the setups, they couldn't get the setup right. Probably there's a lot that goes in that stuff, guys. I mean, they ever try to set up a bike. Uh, it's crazy. Um, and, uh, so, you know, and gas, gas, I mean, everybody seems, whoever gets on those things usually seems it, what it is, it's a Husky and KTM. So pretty much. So those guys have already had all that knowledge and, and your he came into a bike that, yeah, yeah, yeah. He came into a bike that, that, that has been proven and that has been, um, a staple in the sport for a long time just because it has gas gas on it doesn't mean that you know yeah uh it's not a, it's not it's not a ktm <laughs> yeah um the other cool thing was that they hear about and um see grant didn't even have a ride at the end of last year going uh at the up in uh, uh west virginia uh trying to think where they were up there up at uh the buckwheat uh oh, the buckwheat yeah 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 he didn't even have a ride and this guy that the team that he's riding for just started this team Mm-hmm. This is the first year for the team, um, and they got together and uh, said, "Hey, you know, I'll, you know, I'll be your rider." And you know, they they got together. And now, first team, first uh, first round. first race, first yeah. round. First and he looked good. Bike. He looked good on the he bike. He looked real good. And he fought his way from seventh. from seventh in the opening lap. Yeah. I mean, that's 
you know, when you look at that lap one, you don't think Grant's going to come through. I mean, I know that he's that diesel that, mm -hmm. that turns it up towards the end, end of the race, race, but I thought that he was probably too far back. Um, when he got there mid-race, like towards what is it, about fourth, third, fourth lap, he got in the lead, mm -hmm. and uh, they were coming into that last hour, I was like, oh, it's over. Because he's that diesel. He's, yeah. Yeah, him him and his brother both are. They both have that, that kind of mentality where they kind of work their way into a race pace towards the end of the uh, end of the race. And as long as they're within striking distance, watch out because they're coming. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but back to the Sherco thing for just touch on it just one more time. It was interesting to hear Johnny Gallagher on the Racer TV broadcast talking about how he kind of was a little bit stern with the, with the uh, Sherco, you know, we obviously want as many um, as many manufacturers. manufacturers in the sport as as we can have, and we want them to succeed. But something needs to change because it's evident that it's not the riders. Um, yeah. It's evident that it's 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 the bike and the management. Yeah. Um, so, so you know, you look for you look for change there, and you look for. Um, you know, hopefully they can make the right step, and they don't go away or anything like that. But it is interesting to see. Um, you know, that's the last. If you're that team, you're like kind of pulling your hair out <laughs> yeah. when you see two guys get leave your bike and, and you know, um, two of your riders that you once had that are not on your team won six out of the last seven races. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It is so crazy. So, um, you got anything else you want to talk yeah, the, about? One last thing. How in the heck does Stu Baylor get a four by four RV? Did you hear uh -huh. about that? No, I didn't. You didn't hear that? No. So, I guess Stu got, has the only prototype in him in the world right now that has – he just got this RV. Okay. Okay. The only the prototype all, in the world. Seriously. Really? It's, yeah, he just got it uh, down there. He was th They were talking about on the Racer broadcast. He actually has a four-wheel drive RV. So, he locks it in. He said that it was actually cool because when he, he took it to the to the races and uh, the pits were, were pretty muddy. And uh, he got to try it out uh, – he actually got to try out his four by four RV, and he was all talking about it. And he literally, they said that he only he's the only one that has one. Um, so I guess one of the camper guys that sponsored GNCC um, hooked him up with it. So that's crazy. That is crazy. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. I'd like to see that thing. I know, right? <laughs> he, they said it looks great, but uh, he said the four wheel drive looks works awesome. Had no issues. Coming real handy at GNCC races. That's what he said. Sure. He said it's probably <laughs> going to be real popular. It. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Dude. That's like something. You know, if the GNCC community can use it, watch out. It's going to take off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, look at e-bikes. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> Everybody's got an e-bike now at the GNCC you know, races. And then, you know, they were talking, like, everybody that comes to the GNC, no matter if you're a C guy, a mini guy, a pro guy, everybody's got an a, RV a, an RV yeah. or a rig or something. Yeah, yeah, so. that's awesome. So, so yeah, how, how the heck he ends up with it? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Freaking Stu Baylor. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's talk some ATV motocross. ATV motocross. Unless you got anything else. No, that's it. Yeah, we're gonna cover. We're gonna next week. We're gonna cover our preview show for Florida. Yeah. Um, we're gonna maybe talk to some riders and uh, see what, how everybody's feeling going into round two. And so we're gonna preview uh, GNCC next week. On the, on uh, you'll hear us about that next Tuesday. Yeah. But now let's go ATV motocross ATV racing. ATV motocross. This is where Brandon and ours. Oh yeah. Roots. This is our, our grassroots. This is our man. grassroots. That's what right I started here. all about. Yep. This is uh, our our first true love. <laughs> so, but as you know, Brandon, and as I know, we cover ATV motocross kind of from a bird's eye view, yeah. right? Yeah. We're at like sixty. And what is a plane fly? Whatever. I don't know. Whatever. We're really high up there. 
we we cover it from a bird's eye view. We need somebody that's in the trenches yes. to come on here and help us break this down. Because yeah. I got a lot of questions to a ask. A lot of about. questions. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of questions. So I think we got he's, the right person that's getting ready to come on the he's line. He's got one of those yellow notebook guys that like has all, and there's questions about about. Are you gonna go with the pocket thousands. protector thing again? <laughs> no, Are you no. gonna make fun of me again? <laughs> I don't have a pocket protector, guys. I'm wearing a hoodie. <laughs> that's underneath the hoodie, guys. Yeah. So no one can make fun of them. <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're gonna go ahead and uh, this is gonna be bonus time, guys, because we're typically at the end of our show time right now. So um, make sure. If you're just now tuning in for the uh, for the AT Motocross, make sure you go back and listen to some GNCC talk. You don't want to miss that. And if you're uh, a GNCC guy, let's listen to some ATV Motocross. We're all cut from the same cloth. Oh, yeah. yeah. We all like to go fast. Those guys just like to go fast, and they uh, hit a lot of crazy jumps while they do it. That's the best. Yeah. The best kind. Yep. So uh, <laughs> we're going to get off the line here for a second, and we'll come back on with Cody Jansen on the line. Thank you, guys. All right, guys, we're back, and uh, we want to take the time to thank Cody Jansen, number 25, two-time defending uh, A25-plus champion, uh, former pro, uh, five years he was a pro ATV motocross rider, and he's the host of the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. Welcome to the show, Cody Jansen. Yeah, what's going on, guys? I uh, appreciate the opportunity to come on. Excited to talk some uh, some racing. Well, right before you came on, Brandon and I were talking about how we <laughs> cover this sport from a bird's eye view, and we wanted somebody that was down in the trenches, trenches somebody yeah. that really knows the intricates of this sport. So uh, we really appreciate you coming on and uh, helping us break this uh, 2021 ATV motocross season down. Yeah. Yeah, it should be exciting. Um, you know, I'm always always down to do some bench racing for sure. <laughs> Hopefully I can, uh, you know, kind of pull some weight, uh, you know, being a more inserted, uh, you know, kind of into the ATV side of things, ATV motocross side of things. But, um, yeah, it's, it should be a really exciting season. And, uh, yeah, should makes for uh, some great conversation for sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We, we get excited when we hear ATV motocross because this is where me and uh, Cooper started, uh, or this is our grassroots uh we started both racing motocross down on the, our local track down the road, so on ATVs. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, really? I didn't. Uh, I didn't know. Didn't realize that. Didn't know that. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. We were actually a pro. We were actually eight guys down on our local track. We were. We were. We duke it out every every weekend, pretty much there for a while. Yeah, we were pretty decent. We showed up at uh, a couple of um, a couple of nationals. Raced uh, like. C class and B class a couple of times. Um, yeah. Still up City, at Still High City Point. and High Point. Those are our local tracks. We're only about forty five minutes away from uh, High, Point. High Point. Yeah. So. Oh, so, okay. Awesome. So if you're, uh, if you're, I'm sure you'll be up there this year. We'll we'll stop by and uh, and see you. See, I, I grew up around. and yeah. I, I got to see Cody uh, race racing pro back in the day so it's pretty cool to have him on the show yeah absolutely man. and, and, and uh, anybody that's you know still on from the gncc side if you guys want some more in-depth um atv motocross uh podcasting make sure if you haven't already check out the diving did the digging deep atv mx podcast that's hosted by cody he does a fantastic job over there at really getting down into the whole spider web that is the uh, atv motocross side of the world yeah so, yeah, I appreciate the plug, guys. Yeah, no problem. Uh, so let's talk about this schedule. The schedule looks uh, on from our side was uh, looks pretty great because uh, I from where we're at, we could probably hit probably like three to four races within two hours of where we're at up here in West Virginia. Yeah, I mean, it looks like it's really good over that way. I mean, the the, the series is going back to Pleasure Valley. I love the. Um, I love the the concept of bringing High Point back. I feel like they yeah. made all those great uh, 
great track improvements. And then they kind of pulled the, the rug out from underneath us there. They, we didn't go there for a few years. So I'm glad um, the series is going back over there. We got Unadilla coming back on the schedule after yeah, that's exciting. last year. And, yeah. I mean, I, I love all those tracks over that way. So I feel like, um, you know, that's something that I was super excited to see when the schedule came out. The schedule's a little different this year without Crawfordsville. And, oh, yeah, um, I'm going to miss Iron Man. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. Um, that's one of my favorite. And, and coming from Wisconsin, where I'm from, that's, a that's you know, a relatively local one for us. So I was uh, bummed to see that one go. Muddy Creek, too, being off the schedule, um, you know, that's been a staple for so long. That's, uh, you know, something that was a surprise to me for sure, just like Crawfordsville, um, you know, um, south of the border has been on the on the series the last couple of years. It's not on there now. But, uh, yeah, overall, I feel like it's a really good schedule. Um, you know, last year was so odd with just – uh, starting the season so late and then racing, you know, so late into the year and having events change, um, you know, so last minute. Uh, I think it's just exciting to um, hopefully get back to a uh, normal schedule, yeah. normal kind of uh, starting point, doing the Daytona thing. Last year, them, those guys had, you know, a couple month break, which uh, had to be tough. So, um, yeah, the schedule should be good. And it's crazy that we're already going racing in, in two weeks. Uh, it's just unreal. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think it's because of a lot of the racing series ran late last year. So it seems like there wasn't a whole ton of off season but uh that's exciting mm -hmm. for us we get to talk racing more often throughout the year and um you know uh you guys are going to be going back to uh racing here at uh, daytona mm -hmm. here in just a couple of weeks that's always an exciting race love seeing the uh the atvs be able to line up in the infield of daytona that's like a dream come true just to be able to line up um uh, <clears throat> in that facility yeah. that's you know uh checking off the bucket list right there if, if, if you will yeah Absolutely. Uh, you know, I remember the first time we went down there for that race and, you know, when you get to Daytona, it's like, uh, you know, it's like entering maybe where you guys from too, you know, you guys kind of come from football country like we do here. Yeah. And it's like, it's like entering into a, into a football stadium, but just so much bigger. It's like a town inside of there. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's such a great uh, place and a great way to kick off a season of ATV motocross at, at Daytona. And uh, yeah, it's exciting. I, I think there was a lot of people that didn't know if it was going to happen this year. I didn't, I think that there was a lot of people thinking Daytona might get, uh, might get the boot or might get cut at least this year because um, kind of the remnants of this COVID thing still going on. But right. uh, you know, we're, we're excited that it, it remained. And um, you know, I think with all the storylines of the off season, with all the, the different rider changes and everything that's going on, uh, you know, it's going to be really exciting. Like I said, it's just uh, unreal that it's already two weeks away. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. I remember when they first brought in Daytona, it was like everybody was so excited. It was like a whole new world opened up for us. And then, you know, um, and then they started doing, I thought there was going to be more of a supercross uh, started into the ATV motocross side because uh, they started doing that casino um, supercross at uh -huh. the end of the year. And then that kind of faded away. Uh, I think it was mm -hmm. at Soaring Eagle or whatever up there. Yes. Uh, yep. I was, I was hoping that was going to keep going, make it a trend, because, like, ATV super, Supercross would be cool, and then having the motocross side, like the bikes, that would, that would be awesome. But uh, Well, and then wasn't last year that Montreal had the Supercross, and uh, Nick Janusa went up there and, and yes. won it, I believe? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. yeah, it might have been the year prior, but, yes, I mean, okay. that's been a – that Montreal Supercross has been a staple for so long. Soaring Eagle was really cool because we were, uh, Jeffrey tells the story of, um, you know, being at the, at the bar or whatever with Ken Roxon. Yeah, and that yeah. was kind of a, <laughs> 
that was a cool deal. Uh, ATVs and, and uh, motorcycles kind of coexisting there. Um, yeah, I mean, when you go to Daytona, uh, they say they told us every time we've been down there that the, that the quads pull um, you know, more than the amateur bikes, the vintage bikes, as far as like spectators and stuff go. And, and that definitely was true. Um, for all the years that we've been there for the ATV supercross, uh, the stands are full. It's standing room only oh, that's awesome. um, in the pits there hanging off the fences. So, uh, that's exciting. I mean, you'd love, you'd love to see, um, you know, people cheering on the quads, especially kind of in a, and it's still kind of a two wheel event and the quads now are just added into it atvs don't have their own day anymore um but yeah it's, it's exciting people come to support it and there's a lot of two-wheel guys that uh i think have earned a lot of respect for the quads over the years seeing seeing these events where they kind of both coexist together yeah i mean uh i always tell people you know especially the bike guys uh, i'm like man if you've never seen a uh a quad fly through the air over 120 foot triple or something like you need to go watch that because it's, it's just insane how these guys throw the bikes around and like Thomas Brown, unfortunately he retired uh, last year, but he was one of the best of throwing the bike sideways in the air and, and, and hitting his big jumps was really cool to watch. All yeah. The time. And he's always up for a good challenge to prove, uh, <laughs> to prove to the two wheel side of the world that, that, that they belong in the same, uh, same sentence. So, you know, what Brandon, you know, was referring to as well is, is the, uh, the Ironman of what was it? Uh, two, two years ago. Yeah. 2019 when, um, when the ATVs shared the uh, pro motocross weekend um, with the, uh, the bikes. And that was such a cool, you know, time for the for the ATV guys to really show up and show off to what uh, to these bike guys that don't really don't really believe. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of uh, a lot of stories came out of that weekend of um, Eli Tomac, Adam Cincerillo, Dylan Ferrandis, Nick Way. I mean, all of these big name, well respected guys that literally stood there and watched the whole quad moto because they couldn't believe what the ATVs were doing. So um, those stories and, and kind of seeing it firsthand is pretty cool. I think uh, top level uh, two wheel guys, top level motorcycle racers. Um, I think you almost always see them pay respects to the quads because it's like, man, those guys are crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure Quadzilla on a quad would just be insane <laughs> yeah. oh yeah <laughs> unreal and and there's a couple of those stories from the the phoenix guys last year um you know with uh jace owen and uh keith harrison I, he was on my podcast talking about it and stuff and, and they rode the quads around a little bit and they were scared of them basically <laughs> they didn't want to they didn't want to get their tires off the grounds because um they were like yeah i don't want any part in this four-wheel thing yeah yeah, it's, yeah. It's definitely different that whole pulp uh quads versus uh uh, ATV versus dirt bike thing, you know, you were kind of at the forefront of it for the uh, quad side of the spectrum. So we appreciate having, uh, having your voice out there as well. But uh, uh, that was a fun time um, during the COVID uh, time when, when, when Pulp was talking about ATVs versus dirt bikes yeah. and, you know, all the, all the quad guys get hot girls and all that good stuff. It was, uh-huh. that was, it was a fun time. It really does. It really works out like that. You know? Yeah. You know. That's why I still stay on a quad, Brandon. <laughs> Brandon's over here. We're married. We're that's, married. That's right. We're married. But, um, yeah, so let's get into the nitty-gritty of this stuff. Uh, you know, this ATV MX 2021 20, season is 
there's a lot of changes coming into this season. Um, I mean, you could call it a blue wave, <laughs> but uh, there's a lot going to be changing this year. Um, what's your take on on the blue wave that's coming from the ATV motocross side of the world? You got Hetrick, Rastrelli, the Ford brothers all switching to Yamaha, and um, it's kind of a takeover at this point, right? It is. Yeah, it's definitely definitely looking like a Yamaha takeover. Um, you know, for so long, and I'm a, I'm a Honda guy, I've ridden Hondas for forever, um, literally since I came of age to ride 450s, but I think it's finally caught up with them where the Yamaha is just a better machine. It's, it's this, uh, and, and again, I was still till last year, I was, you know, like, I don't, they might be even with the Honda, but they're not better. Um, right. but I've had, you know, I've had Joel tell me and the Ford brothers tell me and Jeffrey tell me all these guys saying, you know, the, the Honda just can't compete anymore, whether it's the power delivery. I know that, um, a lot of those guys, it started with Thomas Brown, but, uh, then Chad kind of followed suit and then the rest came as far as, uh, they found this, um, PP performance tuning in their EFI tuner. Um, Jamie over there is just a whiz and it seems like, you know, they got those things that the Honda just can't put out the power and be reliable like the Yamaha. And then, um, Joel Hattrick had said to me that the, the rear end on the Yamaha is just that much better for whatever reason. It's, it's new, you know, it's new style, new design, new geometry. It's kind of the 2020 version of an ATV versus a Honda that's 15 years old, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's 15, it's 15 years old technology. And uh, I think it's finally cut off with them. I don't blame them. I mean, there's people that are, are super upset that you're going to see less um, diversity in the pro class, but you know, Yamaha continues to come out with a better machine. Um, they continue to innovate. They continue to support the sport. You look at the top guys in, in ATV motocross and in GNCC with Chad Wienan and uh, Walker Fowler. I mean, they're top supported Yamaha riders. Yamaha value them. They, they value sport ATVs in general. So honestly, I, I kind of like it. I kind of like seeing all these people supporting the brand that's supporting our sport. Um, yeah, it's going to be different, but I feel like that makes it almost more exciting as fans. I feel like for so long, um, you know, Chad and Joel lined up on their same quads that they've had been riding for however long. And we were just re-racking them for another season And 2021 is going to be different. 2021 is going to be a whole new chapter, a bunch of change for these guys. And it's going to be really exciting to see what happens when the dust, uh, when the dust settles. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so many changes coming to the, this season. You know, a lot of uncertainties with, with you know, Brown stepping out of the sport. You got you got that um, those shoes to be filled, and you got you want to see you know certain people step up and see if they can fill the shoes of Brown and then bridge that gap between uh, Weenan and Hetrick and then the rest of the field. Um, there's a lot of guys that I think have potential to do it at the forefront for me. Um, uh, Bryce Ford and um, uh, uh, Jeffrey Rastrelli are a couple of guys that I think could definitely do that as well. Um, and Brandon Hogue, can't forget about him. Yeah. That's somebody that has the mm-hmm. speed uh, without that injury last year. He's right up there in the mix of it. 
Absolutely. It is going to be really interesting. I feel like that's that rider group there is probably the most um, fun one to see what's going to happen here. I feel like that's going to be the most competitive kind of group of riders, I feel like, because, yeah, I mean, everybody knows that Thomas is gone and that leaves that third spot open on the podium. I know that Bryce has bigger goals than being the third guy um, as a second year pro you know, his, he, he wants to win these races. I feel like, I don't know that the Ford brothers team would come out and say that, but I think, I think he thinks that, uh, you know, his next step is winning. He's got a few podiums now. Um, I put him, you know, just maybe a tick under those top two guys, but he's shown he's got the speed. He was fast qualifier. He was ripping whole shots. And I feel like in 2021 with another year under his belt, he's going to feel like if he gets the whole shot, he should win those races. Yeah. And that, um, that's the thing is a lot of it comes down to the whole shot and Hetrick has been a whole shot King for however many years. Um, right. so and it's now he's on a new machine. Exactly. So interesting. Exactly. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of your podcast and talking with Hetrick and, and talking about how he feels really comfortable on the bike. So I don't know how much of a, you know when you see a guy switch to a new bike um on the you know supercross side of the world how there's a learning curve to get to that new bike it seems like hetrick is comfortable awfully quick on that bike um but what i am curious about is how he's going to be able to pull hole shots because he had the honda dialed for hole shots and he was ripping them left and right but this year that's going to be a new chapter and uh uh, Bryce Ford, he's somebody that also can rip hole shots. So, so if he gets up front, you know, he might be able to ride a wide bike and keep and help hold these guys at bay. It is going to be really interesting. I know, you know, I last I talked to Joel, or maybe the time before, we were really focusing on the Yamaha talk. He had not been on the bike for super long. And you could tell it was going to take uh, some adjusting specifically with his starts, but I'm assuming, I mean, he's such a, he's such a professional. He's going to have that figured out. Um, I think he was, it sounded to me as if he was worried about the transfer of weight with the machine. They were just trying to figure that out yet, but uh, there's, there's no stone left unturned turned with that program. Um, they have the best of the best guys around Joel to give him everything that he wants with that machine. So I have no doubt that they're going to, uh, have that thing figured out to the best of their ability. But, you know, I just, you had touched on, I don't want to let this go by without touching on it. I mean, um, that, that, that group of riders is just going to be so interesting. It's hard to just slot Bryce right into that top three with those guys because Nick Janusa reminds me so much of Thomas Brown, um, you know, with their consistency, you know, Nick has finished fourth or fifth in every championship since he's become a pro, including his rookie year. Uh, So, you know, you take Thomas out of there and he's third or fourth almost every year, you know? Um, So he's going to, he's going to look to kind of take that next jump, maybe fill that role of, of, you know, the void that Thomas is leaving behind, but Alan Myers finished in, on the podium last year once at, at the opener. So he's obviously going to want more of that in his third year. Brandon Hogue did the same. I mean, he's had a couple podiums now. He really thought that he should and could win Daytona last year with a better start in the main. So yep. he's going to want to be up there. And then Jeffrey, I mean, we've seen him uh, finish on the podium 19 times. Actually, he's finished on the podium. Um, he's never won a race, but I think uh, so many of us want to see him return to the podium regularly in 2021. And then maybe he can push for that win. I mean, it'd be uh, really interesting. He's a guy that so many of us cheer for. So um, yeah. we're definitely pulling for Jeffrey. Yeah, Jeffrey. Uh... 
uh, you know, he he's he's been one of those guys that's kind of had bad luck over the years. Yeah, it doesn't seem, you know, um, I know one year he got sick at High Point. You know, it, it, it's just he seems like he always never always. He's like one of those guys that just attract bad luck sometimes. And uh, but he's a really super cool guy. I've actually talked to Jeffrey a, a good bit up there around the pits and. Uh, Real super cool guy. So I, I'm always a cheering for Jeffrey Australia. And then, you know, Bryson Ford coming up, you know, he he's a young guy that you would just kind of root for because you know he's going to be the future of the sport here soon. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Battling up there with uh, Joel Hetrick and um, and Chad. And uh, Well, I, I'm really excited to, to see what Australia is going to be able to do this year because, you know, Brandon, you touched on a little bit about how he's had – like that kind of bad luck plague him for the past two years specifically the year before he battled Epstein Barr and uh, was sick a lot and just didn't really have the gas in the tank if you will to be able to finish a race um, where you know he is typically capable of finishing last year he had some incidences flying into the catch fence after a flat tire Um, you know I am really excited to see Jeffrey come back this year Um, I was concerned after last year that he might call it quits but you know there's no quitting the guy he's coming back for another season and uh i really hope that he's able to to achieve what he's capable of because um that's somebody that that you know before his sicknesses he was right there battling with brown uh for that for that uh podium position as well um you know you want to touch on that a little bit uh uh cody about jeffrey yeah, I mean, um, last I talked to him, he reminded me that uh, at High Point, actually, over by you guys that year, I don't know what it would have been, 2016, probably 2017, 18, I don't know, one of them years. And um, he reminded me that he was in the mix for the win, not for the podium spot. So he's, right. he's got big goal. He's got big goals. Um, you know, he's he's on a machine. He kept reiterating that he's on a machine now that he, he knows is faster and he knows is more reliable. And uh, I think that so much for Jeffrey is if he's in a, in a good headspace, if he's confident, um, you know, he's going to be successful. And yeah, touching on the fact that he's just been unlucky. I mean, between getting Epstein Barr, between battling injuries and racing literally almost entire seasons hurt just because he's a warrior. And then, um, you know, last year, kind of the same thing all over again. He was so ready and so confident at the beginning of the year. And then, you know, he has the DNF at Daytona. He comes out, he's running in the top three at the at the second round at Aonia Pass and, you know, flips into the catch fence, like you guys said. And it's like, man, it was all, it was all then just maintaining um, the rest of the year. He was kind of riding hurt and stuff. So uh, excited just to see him with a fresh breath of life mm-hmm. on a new machine, a great team they again they they don't spare any any uh any resources for those guys so i feel like jeffrey hopefully can use um you know kind of the the good finish he had at the end of the season last year to springboard himself and yeah i mean i think a lot of people were scared that he wasn't going to come back for this season and uh, i'm excited for him because i hope that he can if i mean whether he races for one more year or 10 more years i hope that this last chapter is uh is a bright one for him because he deserves it he's such a good guy i've been racing with him since i was a kid and uh just uh, definitely want to see him uh, succeed. He's one of the good guys out there for sure. Yeah, for sure. And you know, you t- touched on uh, Nick Janusa being, you know, consistent, and uh, you know, and he is. He's always consistent every week, week in, week it out. Um, he's on that Yamaha also. He's been there for a while, and uh, I'm always saying that you know he's the guy. He's a guy that if he can just put it all together, you know, I you know you can see him going up there and winning races because 
he he's like I said, he's there every weekend, and he usually gets good starts for the most part. And um, he just he's just got to kind of put it all together. You know, what and I'm at saying? this point, he's a veteran of the sport, so he 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 knows what he has to do to get there. the The workload is not um, strange to him at all. He's he's a guy that that I see you know as well could get up there and, and, and battle as well because he's. You know he's got the fitness. The the kid's in incredible shape, yeah. um, and that's somebody that I I'm also looking forward to seeing. Um, try to take that next step. I think <clears throat> uh, Thomas Brown exiting the um, the the series is something that uh, almost like you know Brandon. You and I talk about how Caleb Russell exited the GNCC dirt bike series, yeah. and how a lot of the guys guys are super hungry to fill those shoes. Well, Brown, you know. He was kind of the gateway man between the top two guys, and he was the only one that could get up there with those guys. So I think, you know, like what we talked about with Caleb, we're going to see guys battling to take Brown's shoes and, and fill them. So I think Nick is somebody that definitely could battle for that as well. Yeah, for sure. Agreed. I, when, it, when we talk about Nick, I mean, it's, it's starts, and that's where it starts yes. and, mm-hmm. and, and ends because he's a – even with Thomas there – he was uh, uh, in contention for podium speed, at least, each, each and every weekend. He just would find himself battling to get up there. And by race's end, yeah, he might have been just as strong as anybody at the end of the race. But he had to, you know, he had to fight through you know, five, six, seven, eight guys to get there. And the other guys that start up front, you're just never going to have a chance against those guys. If he can get starts, he will be a podium threat each and every weekend I have no doubt in my mind and that's what I mean every time I talked to the guy it was my starts I need I just need to get a start I just need to get a start I just need to get a start um Chad and Joel have it figured out as far as starts go Bryce does too so you don't want to let those three just settle into being the top three guys um but if Nick can get a start man he's going to be dangerous that's for sure yeah I'm excited seeing you know all these guys on Yamaha is this like how, how is those starts are those starts are those whole shots going to be more unpredictable because you don't have um the different bike with Hetrick uh getting up there and starting you know Bryce Bryce was good at whole shots as well. He was on a Honda as well. Now he's on a Yamaha. So I'm excited to see maybe that get mixed up um, and see if that will play an intricate factor in how these races play out. Because, you know, as well as I do, starts are a premium, and especially on an ATV because they're hard – it's hard to pass, <laughs> um, especially yep. with the speed that these guys are carrying. Um, to step out of that main groove um, – you know, takes a lot of guts, and uh, uh, sometimes that risk reward factor doesn't pan out. Um, so it's hard to step out and, and take those passes. Uh, so I'm excited to see what what the switches transpire for um, for for the starts of the races this year. Yeah, again, I think it's just it's going to be interesting because it's going to be different. It's going to be different for the first time and. In a lot of years, it's going to be different. Joel's on a different machine. He's running different tires. Bryce is in there. He's going to be on a different machine. And all those riders just being different. Jeffrey um, just being on different bikes. It, it's going to be it's going to be super interesting. And like you said, it is tougher to pass on a quad. Maybe you just have less opportunities, um, especially when those guys are going so close to the same speed yeah. at least in that in that top level of the sport you're exactly right the whole shot is, is at a premium uh it's going to be really interesting you just wonder i find myself wondering you know chad has so many years on the yamaha 
Um, I just wonder if he's going to have things a little more figured out because yes, I know that the, the Phoenix team looks at, at, um, switching to Yamaha as an improvement to their program, mm -hmm. but they don't, they don't all, they don't have all that muscle memory that they had with the Honda. And you just hope that there isn't a kind of adjustment or learning process because that could end up biting Joel in the long run, because I mean, the points are so nip and tuck. Um, you know, Chad doesn't ever finish off the podium. Yeah. So you need to be, you need to be right there with them each and every weekend. So it's going to be interesting. Could you imagine Brandon having to go into a series and say, you, if you're going to beat this guy, you can never, ever finish outside the top two. <laughs> because that's basically the difference. Um, you know, Chad won, had five wins last year. Hetrick had five wins. And then besides those five wins, Chad never finished outside of second place. And Hetrick mm -hmm. had one sixth-place finish, and that was with a mechanical failure. So that's where the reliability factor is going to come in with the Yamaha. And uh, like Cody just said, hopefully that, that Phoenix racing team is able to – you know how, you know, Hetrick has been to these tracks every year for his entire life, most of these tracks as, as it is. But he, he, he knew how to adjust that Honda and when to adjust that Honda um, for these tracks. It's going to be a little bit different this year on, on the Yamaha. So, like Cody said, that's going to be um, – that's going to play a factor, I'm sure, as well. There's good – you know – whether it's a big one or a small one, there is going to be a learning curve to the Yamaha. Oh, for sure. You know, in past, you know, they probably have, you know, all right, we're going to uh, – I know to pass. All right, this is the tire we ran. This is uh, the air pressure. This is the way the dirt sets up. This is the shock settings and all this stuff. I'm sure they have it all wrote in a little notebook, you know, in, in the rig. Now they're going to be like, we have no, no notes. We yeah. have, you know, we're going high point and – we don't know what this bike's going to do. We don't know what these, you know, what tire we need to run or what pressure and all that stuff. And uh, that's another thing. Hetrick's running CST this year. Yeah. So, so it's, it's a whole, it's a whole new ball game for him. I know him. Cody's excited about the CST because he, he's a representative of CST as well. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Yep. So like, so for, as a team aspect, they're going to have a lot of work to do. And um, I'm sure you're going to see the qualifier come out and practice and you're going to see maybe Joel not be up there where he should be and then you're going to come up see him come back out for the next one and you know he might you know they make an adjustment and he might go to the top or he might fall so they're gonna to have to play around a little bit and uh and i think that's going to be a big key to the championship uh is versatility uh figuring out when to make changes and how to do that yeah i i agree as well um Cody, you, you know, you, we, we, we keep touching on the, the, the reliability factor of the Yamaha. And, I, you know, I heard one of your last podcasts with Jeffrey talking about how, you know, he just loved the Yamaha for the fact that he was able to ride it so much more without having to work on it and, and just being able to trust the bike more uh, that it wasn't going to hurt him like the Honda had in the past. Um, that's one thing that, that you know, is also going to play a factor. Will Joel be able to push this bike a little bit more because he has more trust in it making it to the finish line? I think so. I mean, from what they've told me, I really believe that that's going to be a factor. Joel, as far as even practicing, uh, that's what Jeffrey kind of told us is they're able to practice. They're able to push those bikes. They're able to get more um, you know, riding in more pushing of the bike because they trust it because they're not having any mechanicals. I do believe that that's going to be a difference with Joel too. Um, you know, he, Joel had told us that even Carly, his wife would get on him in time qualifying saying, Hey, why are you revving the bike the way you are? Slow down. Don't push that thing. Cause we needed to make it through the day. And, uh, 
I supposedly, um, from what they tell me, that's not going to be a problem with the Yamaha. And I feel like if, if we were seeing Joel at least somewhat leery, somewhat trying to you know keep the bike alive, keep it healthy before, and now we're going to see Joel going all out, um, that's, that's going to be a, uh, dangerous thing for the rest of the guys, a scary thing for the rest of the field. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's super fast. He's one of those guys that can go out and just put down a really, really fast lap time. It's incredible <laughs> to watch him. You know what? You know, I, I watch these races. I watch every single race that I, that, that that's put out and what's, it's so amazing to see how different of riding styles that Hetrick and Weenan have. When I, when you watch Weenan race it looks like he's going two miles an hour it yeah. looks like he is just just it, it does it looks almost looks effortless, effortless yeah. and then hetrick on the other side of the, of the spectrum he's kind of like justin barsha out there <laughs> scrubbing everything uh just being like i'm not not dramatic but really like accented on the bike um so i love the fact that you see these two titans clash at the top of the sport, um, in such different, and they they approach the track in such a different way. So, so I, I that's love cool. that. I love that too. I love it too. I feel like uh, I feel like seeing two guys that ride so differently, but are almost always going the exact same speed or very close <laughs> to it. The fact that uh, the fact that we see that week in and week out, it doesn't matter to the track. It doesn't matter if it's blue groups. It doesn't matter if it's whooped out. It doesn't matter if it's red butt or muddy creek. Anywhere in between, totally different riding styles. Even in years past, it's been different machines, different you know every different suspension components, different you know top to bottom. And the fact that they find themselves going the same speed uh, that that's mind blowing to me. Yeah, this <laughs> is very. You know, Chad has a great program, and um, it it's just crazy to see him. Just he's never he's always consistent, and 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 this like like you said, Cooper is like he doesn't look like he's putting a lot of effort out there, and I'm sure that's just the veteran in him, you know, and his riding style, and uh, it's it's just really cool to see him go out there. And then, like you said, you got Hetrick coming in, and he's balls to the wall, <laughs> you know, pretty much, and then. Um, Bryce Ford yes, reminds me Bryce a lot Ford. of Hetrick. That's what I was getting ready to uh, say. On, yeah. on how he rides. <laughs> um, it's very eccentric. Um, you, you know, Bryce Ford has his own kind of wild riding style. You want to talk, touch on that a little bit, Cody? You know more than we do about how he, <laughs> uh, with the head waving everywhere and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, it, it is crazy. Uh, I've never seen somebody do what Bryce does on the machine as far as the, the antics, the looking around. The, um, I, I really... I thought that was something he was going to lose. When I saw him coming up through the classes, I thought that that was something that we were going to see Bryce Ford uh, quit. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like, that's not going to work in the pro class. Like the guys aren't going to put up with that. Uh, I just, I just, or, or I knew he was going to have to go that much faster. It was just something I didn't think we were going to see and credit to him. And he doesn't do it in a cocky way. Um, but credit to him, he's still the same rider he was in the, <laughs> in the super mini class. He's just in the pro class. Now he does ride a lot like Joel. I feel like, um, having, uh, I did a lot of the PR work for the Ford brothers team over the years. And I feel like Joel is somebody that that uh price really looks up to mm -hmm. i feel like he's he's somebody that he's really modeled himself after they do have they do have a very similar riding style but you still see bryce 
put himself, his body in positions, manipulate the bike in ways that you don't even see Joel do. It's just a different style. I mean, you see Bryce, his body language at times is just so unorthodox, but he makes it work. Um, he's the future and it's, it's going to be fun. I mean, I don't know how long we're going to see Joel around. I assume it's going to be for many years yet. And uh, if that's the case, I feel like, um, you know, Bryce is, is aligning himself to be that guy that's going to battle Joel for the years to come. And, and, you know, who knows? I mean, um, you know, Chad could be like Tom Brady and just, you know, continue to get <laughs> better in his old age. I mean, why Chad not? Was, right. <laughs> Chad, Chad was the best version of himself last year that he's ever been mm -hmm. um he said he said to us and you guys touched on it before with uh the fact that you have to finish in first or second to basically win this title um chad had said in year in previous years he won the championship uh without being the best guy he admitted that right right to us um but last year he won the championship and he said he was very confident that he was the best guy last season. So to think that, uh, that, you know, Chad has been able to just get better and better and better throughout this seven title run that he's been on. Um, I mean, who knows? He, he might be long there long into the future too. And, and there's a lot of young guys coming up that are going to be fast and are going to contend too, I believe, uh, even beyond Bryce. But, uh, Bryce is the leader of that pack, and, and what he did in his rookie season was incredible. Um, and I think that, uh, like I said, going into year two, I think, I mean, he's definitely got a win uh, circled in his book of goals, in his diary. That's what he's going to want to do, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah, and and somebody you know else we've also touched on him already uh, is Brandon Hogue. That, that young class of um, – two and three year uh, uh, veteran riders is coming and, and, and it's interesting to see uh, their progression and you know Bryce is only in his sophomore season already had two podiums his first year um, Hogue had that one podium la uh, last year and you know I would say that he had potential to have more in him without that injury um, I'd look forward to see the battle with Hogue and, and, and Bryce that's somebody that I, I, I think that you could see a really good battle um, uh, between those two guys, and if they could get up there in the mix of Weenan and Hetrick, our dreams could come true of <laughs> of having of having just an all out brawl up front. Um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting because when Brandon got hurt last year, um, you know him and Bryce were were either tied or basically tied in the stretch run of the season there, and we had kind of set it up even with my social media posts and stuff on digging deep, like, hey, you know. Uh, Brandon was hot early. Bryce is hot now. Let's see who's going to win out this, you know, battle for the, the top four spot between the two of them. And yeah, I think that that's going to be a battle for, uh, for a long time to come. As long yep. as those two guys are in the sport, I feel like that might be the leaders of kind of this next um, generation, this next era of, uh, of ATV pro class racing and, and the motocross side. Uh, it's going to be really interesting. And those are two guys, um, Bryce and Brandon both, are so headstrong, so motivated, so uh, just feel like they should be right at the front. I don't think that either of them look at Joel and Chad like, hey, I'm shooting for that. I think that they both believe that, you know, they should be right there with them. Um, you know, we saw 
We saw uh, Brandon beat Chad in a heat race last year, straight up at mm-hmm. Daytona. We saw Bryce pass Chad at three palms in Texas. Um, those guys are hungry. They're motivated. And it is going to be really fun to watch to see uh, who's going to come out, you know, kind of ahead of the other uh, between those two, because I do think of those guys very similarly, like you said. Yep, and, and and then you know somebody else we can't forget to throw into that mix is Alan Myers. Um, whenever mm-hmm. he got his podium at Daytona, um, I was you know I, I follow the sport pretty well, but I was not very familiar with Alan Myers, and um, it was really excited. To, and then I started you know really following him a lot more throughout the season, and I was excited to see you know his progression um, in the year. He, he came out came out swinging, and then had a lot of other good finishes as well. So that's somebody that I look. F- as well that thinks that he should be able to get up there and challenge for those podium positions. Well, he's proved he could do it. You know, he, with doing it at Daytona last year, he proved he could do it. He had a really strong season at the end of the season. He, uh, he, he suffered a couple crashes, some uh, mechanical stuff that took him out of contention. Otherwise he had a good chance to be, um, you know, kind of in that top five, top four spot. Uh, with those other guys, he was he was just about just as good. Um, it just he had some misfortune at the end of the year that took him out of the running for that. Um, so we gave away a uh, a most improved pro award, and basically until the end of the season when uh, he had that misfortune, he was the he was the odds-on favorite to win it. Put it that way. Um, right. And so so often in sports, not just in in you know in motocross, two wheels or four, in sports in general, your third year a lot of times people take a big leap and I feel like with, with Alan going into his third year, same with Brandon Hogue, um, you know, and, and Cody Ford will be in that mix too. And going into his third year, those are guys that could possibly take a, a giant leap forward. And I think you put Alan in that, in that mix too of guys that believe that they should be on the podium. And when you look at, you know, Chad and Joel, um, you know, they're basically podium fixtures. You can basically pencil them in. Well, then you have at least five guys that believe they should be on the podium between Bryce, Nick Janusa, Alan Myers, Jeffrey Rostrelli, Brandon Hogue. They all think they should be on the podium, and that's what makes it interesting. It's like watching Supercross where, mm-hmm. you know, there's champions, the whole top 10 or top 15 almost is champions. So how are you supposed to figure out who's going to finish where? <laughs> ATV Motocross is finally at that point where yes. it's like, man, I don't, I don't know where all these guys are going to finish. And as fans, that's, uh, that's just great news for us. Yeah, yeah that, it's very good to see. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what you want. Like, we talk about Supercross all the time, and Brandon and I go back and forth with about how, yeah, there's 12 top five guys. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's what it Literally. is. There's yep. 12 top five guys, and that's what you want to see. You want to see these guys have to work for it. Um, and then you want to see that bridge between Wienan and Hedrick and the rest to, to, to get covered. Yeah. Uh, because, <clears throat> you know, those guys – are are absolutely amazing, um, but when they separate themselves from the rest of the pack, it, it's not boring racing. But it, it you know, it, it it's there's something to be desired there. Yeah. You want to see the rest of the crowd uh, get up there, and I, you know, you know, these guys are hungry just as much as we are for that action. Yeah, as a fan, I, th- I think um, as a fan of ATV motocross, you kind of want to you want to see it get back to like um, as like when I was saying, you know. Growing up, it was uh, Shane Hitt, Tim Farr, Doug Gus. You know, you could go on and name a good eight to ten riders that was on the gate that could win at any time. And I think we're yeah. finally getting back 
to that. We're making steps to that. Yes, absolutely. Yep, you're exactly right. I mean, it's been 15, you know, 13, 14, 15 years since the, you know, all the factories were involved. And I think when you go back to that era is when you, you kind of remember guys uh, you, where you couldn't at least pencil guys in to the top, to the podium every weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. I think that we're, we're inching back to there. And I feel like the years to come are, are even uh, going to be more exciting as far as that goes, because some of these kids coming up, uh, Max Lindquist, who's a rookie, he dominated Pro-Am last year. And if they would have let him go pro, he would have already shown that he's going to be a clearly top 10 guy um, in the year that follows. Uh, Zach Decker is going to be doing the same exact thing. I feel like he'll be on the same trajectory. He'll be a top 10 guy and so on and so forth. There's guys coming uh, in an already stacked class that should just get more stacked. Um, But there's a lot, again, when, when you have all those guys that believe that they should be at the front, um, you know, there's not enough spots for them all to be there. And uh, just like you said, it, I, I, I've been thinking it, uh, just like you guys said, it's kind of like Supercross where there's, uh, there's a lot of fast guys and there's not enough spots for them. <laughs> and um, to see some variation at the races from week to week would be a fun thing to see. And I think, we're, I think that's what's in store for us. That's yeah. great. Now, let me ask you a question. Is Wesley Wolf uh, lining up this year for the AT Motocross Series? As far as I know, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, because that's somebody that uh, when I think of Wesley Wolf, I think of versatility. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. a guy that finished uh, ninth last or this a uh, couple days ago at the GNCC opener, um, mm-hmm. and and was a top and finished seventh in the ATV motocross side uh, this this past season. Um, how you keep that schedule? I, I have no idea. That's insane. Like week in and week out, racing different machines, and um, you just talk about like because those are two not polar opposite sides of the world, but you can take a lot out of uh, the, of racing each series. And um, I, I always take a, an interest in seeing somebody that races both the series. So uh, I'm excited to see what he's able to do this year as well. Agreed. He's definitely, and he's probably the one guy we haven't touched on yet that is in that top tier of riders. Um, like we talked about, he's in contention for those top five spots so often in ATV motocross. But yeah, when you're talking about versatility, um, I think that that's Wesley's middle name. I mean, he, he is so good at so much, even when he was a, when he was a younger rider, even before going pro, um, there's things that he can do on the machine that, uh, you know, you really don't see anybody else do. I mean, he's as naturally talented as they come. Uh, you know, fitness isn't an issue when we're talking about ATV motocross because he's a cross country guy. Um, So I feel, you know, he's been ever so close. He's been fourth a number of times in races. Um, I think, you know, kind of like we talked about with Nick Janusa, I think sometimes it's a starting starting thing with Wesley mm-hmm. where if he could just get a start, he could remain up there. Um, you know, he's, he's been a pro for four or five years now. He's been around the block. He knows what to do. He's always going to be in contention. He's always going to fight until the very end. I saw some battles with him and, and riders like Brandon Hogue last year, where it was a, it was a fight to the death. Like they, neither of those guys was going to give up. 
Uh, they weren't going to let each other get by. They were just going to battle until the very end. And that's one of those, that's what Wesley is. I like that. And when you talk about him racing cross country and motocross, I have no idea how he does it. I don't know how he manages <laughs> that schedule. I don't know how he, how he's able to ride two different bikes and just kind of get on them seamlessly practices on a Suzuki at the time he's racing a Honda. Um, but the thing that I love about that is it shows a love for the sport that I think is sometimes lost when you watch these these riders at the top level, no matter what uh, variation of motorsports you're talking about. When Wesley, um, you know, is at all these races and, you know, it continues to do it year after year, it shows how much he loves it. And I, and I love to see that because, uh, you know, so many of us, you and you guys and, and myself are here talking about uh, ATV motocross and, and racing in general because we love it. And uh, I feel like uh, West is a really good representation of that. Now, I, um, if we're concerned about Wesley Wolf's uh, hole shots, so far, he's doing pretty good. He got the whole shot this weekend at the GNCC. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I didn't see any videos of it. They had a little bit of problem with the Racer TV broadcast. But uh, there's a picture of, of, of him uh, pulling a Willie, and it looked like he had the whole shot this weekend at the GNCC. So hopefully he's uh, got some things figured out there. <laughs> I know the GNCC whole shots are a little bit different than, uh, than uh, a gate drop, but, hey, it's still a start, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. If uh, You know how it is. It, confidence is so big, and if he's got confidence like he's already got a whole shot this year then uh yeah that's that could spell good things for daytona and and uh the events after that yeah for sure yeah so um so cody is there any uh rookies coming in this year that that we should be watching out for yeah max lindquist okay max I, thought lindquist. I thought that's the name you were gonna say <laughs> yeah max max lindquist is going to push for a top five spot i don't know if it's gonna be right away uh, but I wouldn't be surprised. I, you know, he was so good. He's so young. Uh, being he's he's 17 years old, and he he's actually lives right up the road from me. We're probably 20 25 minutes apart. Um, he took a year off. He took a year off when he was 15 because he wanted to race a 450 and he didn't want to mess around with the little bikes anymore. So he took an entire year off from the nationals comes back last year. He's 16 years old at that time. And he dominates the pro-am class basically won every single race all season long. Uh, and, and he wanted to go pro at the end of the year, but being that he wasn't at the age um, you know, the age limit, the age expectation that you have to be at the age quota, uh, they wouldn't let him race it. So he's kind of an unknown as far as where he's going to stack up. But uh, I thought if they would have let him race it at the end of the year last year, he was going to be like he was going to push for the sixth place spot. That's where I slotted him in. Um, so it might, you know, there's always growing pains with rookies, but he's so wise beyond his years and mm -hmm. he's riding for Chad Wienan's team. He's riding for Wienan Motorsports. He's riding under the tutelage of Chad. I think you're going to see him get top fives and I wouldn't be surprised if he's either right there. I mean, he's going to be in that type top five group pushing for top fives. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's right from the start. Um, that's going to be a guy to watch. And when we talk about the future of, of ATV motocross, not everybody, maybe might not might know, um, may not know Max's name yet, but they're going to soon because he's going to be a contender in the, in the near future. I truly believe that. Yeah. Yeah. That's somebody that I'm excited to watch as well. He kind of reminds me a little bit of like Jet Lawrence, like a really young guy that mm -hmm. has so much talent and so much to offer to the sport. Um, yep. um, 
and it was funny because it seemed like a lot of he took a lot of people off guard last year uh, because he took that time off um, and how dominant he was. So um, I'm excited to see where he fits in as well. Um, it just seems like, like you said, uh, Cody, it looks like there's there's more. It looks like there's uh, there's uh, about seven or eight top five guys. So I'm excited mm-hmm. to see that uh, paint out this season. And uh, I think I think honestly I think it's even more than that. You know when you right. talk about Chad and Joel Hattrick, Bryce Ford, there's there's three. So Nick Janusa, Alan Myers, Wesley Wolf, Jeffrey Rastrelli, Brandon Hogue, That's eight. Yeah. Now. Max is going to be in that mix with those guys. And Logan Stanfield has been a top five guy in the past. Yes. He's going into his only his second season. He's going to expect to push for top fives. So um, in, in the Ford brothers camp, they expect Cody Ford to be uh, in the mix for top fives. I mean, it's going to be really interesting because guys are going to ride well and they're not going to finish in the top five where they where they expect to be. That's just how stacked it is. Um, going to be going to be really interesting. And then uh, again, I think Max is going to be a guy to watch. Um, and even you know, yes, I feel like Bryce Ford maybe even is a little bit more like Jet because they're so naturally talented. Uh-huh. They can go as fast as anybody. Max is probably more consistent or maybe a little more intelligent isn't the right word, but maybe a little more reserved or a little more calculated race crafty than jet is right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's more calculated. I think he may have better race craft. Um, and I think, man, I, I don't know. And to see the number two out there, the last time we saw number two is Jeremiah Jones to see, you know, max out there. He got the, he, you know, Jeremiah signed off on it. They gave him the number to run it. And, uh, I feel like, feel like it's just uh, i don't know there's something about max Linquist that's special and he's going to be a rider to watch for a lot of years to come yeah a little off topic cody um it's still on topic but uh do you think that since everybody's going to yamaha that that pro uh stock class is going to grow a little bit yes yep 100 percent. it's going to be wild i know that basically all of those guys riding yamahas are gonna are going to plan to ride that uh that pro stock class and you know yamaha has tons of incentives and tons of prizes prize opportunities for um riders racing those those you know stock classes whether it's production stock or pro stock um there, you know, there's guys that are literally given getting bikes at the end of the year, getting the new YFZ450R quad, um, you know, as contingency for uh, contingency and prizes for racing these classes. So not only does it make sense, but man, it's a blast to watch how fast those guys can go on those stock YFZs. Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's a good promotion, too, yeah. mm-hmm. because it shows it shows people that are wanting to get into the sport that you don't have to. Spend yes. uh, to, twenty grand. On you, we, yeah, not only spend twenty grand, but there's a lot of people that enter into the sport and they see all the intricate parts, and it just kind of would look overwhelming mm-hmm. um, to mm-hmm. know that you can go into a dealership and buy a bike, and and you know, uh, just a matter of basic tires and and Nerf bars for safety and a kill switch, yeah. you're ready to go racing. Um, so that's that's awesome to see uh, that stock class really take off and uh, be really competitive and it's awesome to see people like um Weenan and brown last year and i'm, I'm sure hetrick is going to do it this year uh to yep, enter in to. Yeah, yeah and enter in that class and it really promotes the sport in a positive light i feel 
Man, it's so awesome. And then, I mean, for your listeners uh, that haven't watched, I mean, if you can, you can go on YouTube. Ribbit of Films has a bunch of these videos from the stock classes, um, the pro stock classes from last year. Those races, those guys are going within a couple seconds a lap of being on their race bikes, and they're on yeah. stock machines. Yeah. It's it's incredible. Like they can't build jumps that those guys won't do on their stockers. And uh, then you know it's kind of I, I compare it to spec racing, right? Where everybody's just in the same car. Mm-hmm. Well, these guys are basically on the same machines, and it's let the best man win. And I feel like uh, I mean it doesn't really get any any better than that. And uh, you know just to talk on how great of a promotion it is it really is because uh, I, I can't imagine what looking at this sport is like to somebody that's trying to get into it and doesn't have any sense of direction and to think that you can grab a Yamaha off the showroom floor bring it to the track and have a class to race no matter what your level is um, that's that's exciting and that's a that's just a great move for our sport in general um, you know like you guys said you don't have to spend 20 25 30 plus thousand dollars you know, to have a machine to go out and compete, you can get something on Friday off the showroom and, and head to the track, throw some Nerf bars on it and go racing. And that's uh that's just a awesome move. Awesome move by Yamaha. And again, the, the way that they're supporting our sport, the way that they're prioritizing ATV sport ATVs, um, unlike anybody else is special. And, and that's why I love to see so many people supporting Yamaha. Yeah, yeah for sure. I wish that class was back in the day when we were racing. Cause man, that's pretty much why I kind of had to back out of it a little bit bit because it was starting to mm-hmm. kill the wallet <laughs> yeah i mean it wasn't that long ago that people were kind of trying to make this movement to the hybrid stuff and, yeah. and i feel like that's something that's left over from the early 2000s when everybody just loved that you know there was this hybrid craze uh and yes like so many of us love those machines the problem is is that they're so darn expensive so um just in a few years time here we've seen the sport do a 180 and we're going you know to way more production based stuff and uh the the pro stock pro uh excuse me uh, production stock classes are i think um directly credited for that and i again i just i love to see that i think it's such a great move and just like you said uh if it can get more people into it or it can keep people in the sport for longer because they have classes to race uh that's that's gonna benefit everybody right so um just awesome move i I love it and uh can't wait to get out there in the pro stock class with those guys now another great promotion for the sport that uh you want to talk about is uh fantasy any sport any good sport (laughs) has fantasy leagues and as of 2021, ATV motocross is going to be in that realm, uh, uh, thanks to Cody Jansen. Cody, talk to us a little bit about, about the process of, of creating this fantasy league and um, really uh, uh, taking that step into, the, into that realm. I know it can be a scary thing uh, to, to, do, to take a venture like that, but uh, you did it, and uh, we're excited to play with this year. Yeah, man, it was a big endeavor. Um, it's been it's been time consuming. It's been expensive. It's been uh, it's been it's been a big to do. It's probably the biggest thing that Digging Deep has taken on so far. Um, it kind of started as an idea from the top from the AMA. They kind of proposed it to me. Um, Harv Whipple, uh, kind of AMA referee, he proposed the idea to me a few years ago. And uh, at the time, I didn't really have any interest. Kind of going down that road it just seemed too big too scary um 
and then I started to entertain the idea. I started, I had enough people kind of suggested and I thought, okay, well, you know, maybe we can make this happen. Um, you know, and kind of did some digging. I really, I had told you guys before we started recording here that, uh, I had, I had thought that we'd be able to build it ourselves and it just, um, quickly realized that that was, you know, above my brother, my producer and I's capabilities. So uh, we hired it out. We had a place kind of build the platform for us that limited our, our capabilities as far as, um, you know, just, we had maybe a little less options as far as differentiation and, um, you know, how to score and having wild card stuff and, you know, uh, different awards for fast qualifier and, and um, stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're making it happen. It's, it hasn't been easy, uh, but we're making fantasy uh, ATV MX happen, ATV motocross happen. Um, and yeah, it's going to be really exciting from the very beginning, um, you know, for people who don't know a ton about digging deep, I uh, kind of started with, um, you know, I kind of wanted to tell Chad Weenan's story, um, just really unique, a guy that went from being, a, you know, an outside the top 10 guy to, a um you know basically a winner uh a race winner in one off season um kind of having been mid-pack guy turned himself and dedicated himself turned into a race winner um and then went on this title run where he's now the second winningest atv motocross racer of all time i really wanted to tell that story and after that it was kind of like okay what now what now with with digging deep i really didn't have a plan but that was my first plan was to tell chad's story yeah. and uh <laughs> My then it quickly turned to well, I was motivated, you know, as a past pro myself, as a as a you know inside the top ten guy, but I I never got as high as the top five. Um, I was kind of motivated to hopefully help guys out that were like me, who were maybe mid pack pros or or you know within the top ten pros, but they weren't at the front getting all the exposure, and that turned into what my next motivation was for digging deep was to make it, uh, you know, give guys. Uh, exposure that deserved it and um, that's kind of what we've been doing here at digging deep and it quickly kind of um, kind of uh, kind of realized that you know fantasy would be a perfect way to benefit those guys I said this to you right. guys already again before we started recording here but there's going to be not now I mean whether you're first or you're 20th uh, we're going to be paying attention to what's going on with all those riders out there because we're going to want them on our fantasy team. So, you know, right. how digging deep fantasy is going to, how digging deep fantasy is going to work is you, there's kind of four tiers of riders, uh, kind of win contender guys, then podium contender guys, then, you know, top 10 guys, and then guys that are shooting for the top 10 basically is how you can kind of uh, easily break it down. And uh, you're going to have four riders on your team, and um, it's going to be fun to kind of put, uh, you know, the, bring the fantasy side of things to ATV motocross. And again, I think it's going to make it so that uh, we're paying attention to all the pros out there, all the riders, not just the front guys. And honestly, I wish I was still racing the pro class because uh, I would like to see, um, <laughs> you know, what kind of excitement, what kind of buzz, uh, you know, the the um, fantasy stuff is going to bring to the riders. But man, I'm, I'm already, you know, I know the riders are excited. I can, I can tell by the way they're messaging me the way they're uh you know kind of interacting with the posts with it the way they're um you know posting to their 
social media accounts about, uh, you know, the, our fantasy league coming up. So I know that they're excited and uh, it's going to be a really exciting endeavor for us. Yeah. So how, how do we sign up? Um, and, and can we do leagues? Like say, if we wanted to start a split line off red league, could we do that in verse or? Yep. Yep. That's the plan is to give people the ability to have their own leagues. Um, so yeah, really excited about that. Uh, within the next couple days, um, you can watch the digging deep accounts and we should go live with it. We were just literally before I got uh, on the phone with you guys today, we were hammering out the final kind of bugs uh, and quirks, just trying to make everything perfect before we go live with this thing. And uh, yeah, it's going to be really exciting. Um, but yeah, you'll be able to find the link on the, the digging deep pages. It's on our website, digging deep You can actually type in atvfantasy.com and it'll bring you right to our fantasy so nice. real easy for people real easy for people to find and yeah within the next couple of days here you're going to be able to sign up and it uh again it should be really fun and i appreciate you guys wanting to play with us i can't wait oh yeah, yeah. hey so you hear, heard it here first folks we're going to be having a split line <laughs> off-road atv mx fantasy league so we i don't know if you know this or not but we do um pulp mx and yeah. rocky mountain we have leagues and uh, we kind of go over the fantasy before we start the pod, or well, when we start the podcast every week, we go over the fantasy breakdowns and everything. And we have we've been having a really good time with it this year. And now one more league, yes, yeah, we're ready for it, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Again, I, I feel like it's going to bring even more excitement to the sport that we love and that uh, we all love. I mean, I don't know about you guys. Pl- I, you know, I play fantasy sports. Same with the Supercross stuff. I play fantasy Supercross and, and both Pulp and Rocky Moon. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. I feel like um, specifically with, like, the way that Pulp – um, the way that you know you have to play in the pulp leagues and, and you have to know the riders throughout the entire class. Right. And I feel like we're trying to bring some of that to the ATV side, and it should be really exciting. Yeah, yes. you get the most. You get the most. Um, the most points for the riders that barely make the night show, as far as mm-hmm. Supercross goes. So that's exciting. Exactly. It's, it's it's a really fun way to play fantasy, and I'm really really excited to hear uh, that you're kind of um, doing something along those lines with the ATV MX Fantasy. Um, uh, Cody, we appreciate you coming on today, man. Um, I I mean, we couldn't have covered that no. that uh, any better. So <laughs> so we're excited about it. Um, Brandon and I are going to go ahead and make our picks, our uh, championship picks this year. We're going to do our, our okay. podium. Cody, if you want to, you can join in. But I know that you also have your um, – you also have your uh, preseason Preview. show coming up, so I don't if you I don't want you to have to spoil any of your uh, <laughs> stuff if, if you don't if you don't have to. But uh, no, uh, no, I'll I'll, par- I'll participate. Okay, okay. awesome, right, awesome, awesome. Uh, Brandon. Oh, you're throw me on the hot seat. Okay, I got you. I, got I always you. throw you on the hot That's seat. Right. That way, I know which way to go. <laughs> now, um, man, it's going to be a toss toss uh, toss uh, toss up today. Um, I think uh, I think the seven time champion makes it eight. Do you? Uh, yeah, he's so consi- consistent. Um, uh, Joel Hetrick, um, I say he'd be in second, and then I think the the, the hardest one's going to be the third place guy. And uh, yeah, that's where the money is. That's where the money is. And um, as we've been saying all all show long, uh, Bryson Ford, um, I think he's going to end up in the third uh, third champ third guy in the championship on the box. Area. Okay, okay. So I, <sighs> man. You know that 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 race between Hetrick and and Weenan is such a uh, and like you're splitting hairs there. Um, and last year, 
we would have been in almost a dead tie had <laughs> had Hetrick not had that mal malfunction. Um, he's not going to have to worry about that this year. Hopefully. So, <laughs> uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we don't have any chain problems or anything like that this year. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to say Hetrick is going to win the championship this year. Um, um, I've been a fan of Hetrick since you know as when he was a rookie coming into the sport, and um, um, he's just been progressing so much to where he's at the top of the sport now and it's between those two guys year in and year out and um uh they've been going back and forth uh for the past several years so if the math is you know we're if we're on that kind of train it's hetrick's turn right so i'm gonna go hetrick one uh ween and two and i'm gonna say jeffrey Restrelli comes back this year with a vengeance knowing that he was battling thomas brown before these other kids were even in the class. <laughs> and he comes in and he takes that, that, that last podium position for, for the year. Uh, that's my picks, and uh, I feel pretty confident about it. Right. <laughs> what about you, Cody? Well, I mean, I wish I could take a, a different champion than you guys did, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't think I'm going to go uh, as bold of a prediction as that. Um, honestly, I, I, it's so hard to pick against Chad you know, he's won seven titles in nine seasons now. Um, if he gets to eight, that would tie Gary Denton's record. And I, I don't think we would ever hear Chad say that his motivation is to either match or surpass it. But you know that that's in the back of his mind. Um, and I'm not going to bet against the guy. I'm not going to bet against him with his track record. There's just there's just no way. Um, again, I think that Joel, I think with the, you know, with, um, switching his program up with moving to Yamaha. I think that there's so many great things that are going to come from that. But I just, I wonder if there's going to be, like I said earlier, any growing pains um, mm -hmm. in, in, in whether he has them or not. Uh, I just, I, I just wonder him, Joel getting on a new bike, the same bike that Chad's been riding for so long. Um, I'm not going to pick against Chad. I'm just not. Uh, I do think that there could be some tracks, though, where Joel on his CST tires is going to have some advantages. Um, I truly believe that. I think you're going to see even more of a CST takeover than we've seen in years past after Joel starts winning races on him. Um, but, no, I'm going to take Chad Wienan. Can't pick against him. Obviously, that puts Joel second. There's no way I would take him out of that role. And uh, I would like to get a little more bold here, I think. I would love to see Jeffrey Australi finish third. Um, there's a lot of them guys that are going to be in contention there. But I'm taking Bryce Ford. I think, uh, I think he's going to be in contention to win some motos and possibly an overall this season. I think that you can't bet against his program mm -hmm. being with, with uh, the Baldwin Motorsports crew. Mark Baldwin is the best, and uh, they don't spare any expense within the Ford Brothers racing team. Um, I feel like some of those other guys, Nick Janusa has a great program. So does Alan Myers. Obviously, Jeffrey Rostrelli is on the same program that Joel has and Brandon Hogue too. But as far as programs go, I don't know if it gets any better than Bryce Ford. So between mm -hmm. him taking a, a little bit of a step forward um, with all the motivation that he has to show that he can win some races and his program being so strong, I think he's going to be a top three guy and push those, push those two guys ahead of him. So I'm going to go Chad Wienan 
in first, Joel Hetrick second, and Bryce Ford third. Final answer. Nice, nice. nice. Hey, uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to see uh, the way the year turns out. And is Racer TV going to be covering uh, Daytona? Do you know that? Uh, I know sometimes they I, have and have not. I I haven't heard anything about it. Okay. Um, I think if it was happening, I think we would know by now. Okay. Okay. Um, but there but there has been like some you know there's been some some live radio streams and stuff like that. So even if there isn't live video, mm-hmm. um, there should be something for us to tune into the race. And uh, in years past, that hasn't really come out until shortly before the race. Um, so. Uh, I won't get too worried yet. There'll, there'll be some way for us to tune in. That's for sure. Nice. Hey, Cody, this is a question we ask every one of our guests before they get off. And um, um, we have to ask you this as well. If you had to pick one fast food for the rest of your life and one uh, candy, um, what would it be? Ooh, fast food. This is the toughest question uh, of the podcast, so we saved it for last. <laughs> yeah, this is tough. Uh, not a big fast food guy. I would say either, I would say some kind of pizza. Uh, pizza is a weakness of mine, so um, okay. I don't know. Say I don't. I don't know where from where, but I'm going to go pizza on that one. <laughs> okay. And uh, as far as candy goes, I, I'm not a big candy guy either, but I have a sweet tooth. Uh, for more like bakery stuff. Okay. Um, okay. <laughs> so, if, so to celebrate uh, wins, uh, national event wins, uh, I award myself a donut every Monday morning after a national win. So I'm going to go donut on that one. All right. Um, all right. <laughs> yeah. Tri- triple, triple chocolate, preferably like chocolate uh, frosting, chocolate, you know, dough or whatever, chocolate filling. Um, so, yeah, that's what I would go with that, especially because it means something more. It tastes sweeter after you win a national. So uh, <laughs> maybe maybe that's why I'm uh, I'm partial to the triple chocolate donut. There you go. We uh, um, we like the variety of answers that we're, we're getting at this point. There for a while, we was like 99% Chick-fil-A. 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 <laughs> oh, really? Well, we we barely have that. Where yeah, from, yeah, it's so. true. Yeah. yeah, well, it's funny because Cody, when I was texting him, he asked me um, what time zone. Uh, oh, we were. We, 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 well, I said five o'clock, and uh, I forgot that he was in the same time zone we are. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, when when you're when you uh, come from Central Time, like I am when you're trying to set up podcasts, basically every, nobody's in central time. Uh, I talked talk to Joe Bird today and he happened to be in central time, but uh, yeah, not very often are people in central time. So I just assume when people say you know, a certain time, I assume they're, they're talking Eastern time. So uh, I was ahead of you on that one. I've had way too many times where we weren't, where me and, and the other person weren't on the same page. So uh, right. yeah. I just assumed, just assumed we were talking Eastern time. Well, if it had been up to me, we wouldn't have been on the same page. Page because I didn't even think to ask that. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, hey guys, uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you haven't, make sure you go check out the Diving the Digging Deep ATV MX podcast. Cody does a great job over there, um, and we're going to be having some fantasy yeah. talk uh, coming coming here in a few short uh, weeks. So that's awesome to hear as well, Cody. We appreciate you coming on and giving us your time today. We definitely went over the uh, the amount of time that we told you about double the time, but. Uh, <laughs> I think we covered this this uh, series in in great detail, and uh, we're really excited about the ATV MX series coming uh, here in the next couple of weeks. So, but buddy, we really appreciate you coming on and uh, appreciate your time. 
Yeah, I, I super, uh, super grateful that you guys had me. I had a blast. I'm more pumped right now than uh, <laughs> than I have been any time previously. I wish we were going racing tomorrow. It's Hard been uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun to cover it. And uh, yeah, bench racing, bench racing with people who are passionate about it is always a great time. So I just uh, appreciate the opportunity. And if you ever need uh, ever need somebody to come on to talk some more uh, ATV motocross, uh, just give me a call because I I do it in a heartbeat. Are we awesome. going for the three peat this year? Yeah, that's the plan. Uh, the boy, <laughs> yeah, that's what we like to hear. Just want to make sure you're you're still in the same class and 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 don't, going big. So uh, uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, uh, getting up there and wins and podiums and uh, having a good year yourself, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, the, the door's never shut. I'm going back to the pro class either, so we'll see. We'll see how we're feeling. Maybe, awesome. we'll, uh, awesome. maybe we'll get back uh, – we'll, we'll insert ourselves back into uh, the pro class, which would mean digging deep ATV MX Fantasy. So I don't know if I can if I can pick myself. I wonder how that works. <laughs> That's okay. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll pick we'll pick your, you for you. <laughs> Just remember, oh, yeah, there's, there's yeah. hate mail that comes with your picks. If I pick you, then <laughs> no, I'm joking. That's how Paul – that's how Paul works. <laughs> that's how Paul works. <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, hey, if you're sure. getting no, hate, if you're getting hate mail for the picks, then that means you're doing a really good job because people are really invested in it. That's so. right. <laughs> oh, man, I'm already I'm already thinking like, okay, how is this guy's race program? How are his bikes looking? Are they looking like they're well maintained? <laughs> uh, it's going a, a whole new whole new route of my uh, my racer evaluation at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Checklist. <laughs> right, there we go. You should have a. Uh, um, uh, a point system for the highest Honda finisher at this point. <laughs> honestly, yeah, honestly, I think Brandon Hogue's probably got that one on oh, the yeah, There we go. No, no other, no other competition. Yeah, there we go. So, hey, Cody, uh, we're gonna let you get off here, man. We really appreciate you coming on, and uh, we look forward to having you on here in the future. And we'll break down the season as it happens. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, good luck in the future with your with your races. We hope to see you on the pro line. Here soon, Hopefully and at high uh, point maybe. Yeah, high point. We'll come up. We'll, yeah. we're, we're planning on coming up to that race at least to spectate, and uh, we'll stop by your pits and say hi. Yeah, that'd be a blast. I'd love to uh, love to meet you guys in person. And again, I just can't thank you enough for uh, for bringing me on. This was a lot of fun, and um, keep up uh, all the great work, all the hard work that goes into what you guys are doing here with the podcast. You guys are killing it. Um, I, I can't imagine somebody wouldn't enjoy the conversation <clears throat> conversation that we just had. Uh, I, I'm sitting here thinking. I would have loved to have been uh, just a listener here. I would have loved all the all the content we had for him. So just keep up the the good work, keep grinding, and uh, you're gonna continue to see this thing, um, you know, blow up for you guys. So I just appreciate uh, the opportunity to come on. Thanks, man. Okay. We we really appreciate it, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you down the road, man. We we appreciate your time. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. All right. Later, thanks, man. buddy. Well, that was Cody Jansen, guys. Uh, we appreciate his time coming on. That was, uh, man, that was awesome. We've yeah. not went that in-depth on ATV motocross, and it feels good. Yeah, it does. It feels it good. Feels Get great. back to the roots of it all. Uh, dude, we went two hours today. That's our That's longest awesome. podcast yeah. by far, and it was a great one, too. I'm ready for lunch. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I need to, yeah, I'm ready for lunch, too. I need to, we need to go back and uh, – <clears throat> I can't wait to go back and listen to the GNCC part of our podcast because I forget what we even talked about I know, now. Man. It's been, it, feels like, it feels like that was like last week's podcast. It does. Uh, so, uh, hey, no, no, that was awesome. Yeah, if uh, if you're just new to the 
to our podcast, make sure you go and and subscribe to us on um, Instagram. You don't subscribe on Instagram, but no. you go like our Instagram page. Like, follow. Like, follow our uh, Instagram and Facebook, and we appreciate that. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and uh, we're going to be coming out with some more content. We're going to be going over a preview uh, Florida GNCC show next week, and uh, we'll preview maybe a little bit more of the uh, – Daytona AT Motocross. Yep. So, and then we'll probably have a little preview for Daytona Supercross. So. Yeah, and we'll have we'll have some riders on, <laughs> some GNCC riders coming on yeah. um, the the podcast next week, and uh, that's about it, man. So uh, let's wrap this puppy up. I am hungry and ready to go. Yeah, workers' comp <laughs> kicking in right now. Workers' comp, you don't get paid. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> All, right, All right, guys, guys. thanks awesome. for listening to the podcast. Peace later.